This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Monday, November 9th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, President-elect Joe Biden is expected to name his COVID-19 task force on Monday. He's planning to name former Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy and former FDA Commissioner David Dr. David Kessler as co-chairs of the coronavirus working group he's launching this week. Biden Deputy Campaign Manager Kate Bedingfield announced the two public health experts would lead the task force during an appearance on NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday. <laughs> that was perfect timing with it. So it's going to be is. a big fanfare. That has not happened in a while. Okay. Is he getting coffee? Uh, he yeah, must be. He yeah. that, that used to happen quite a bit. That, uh, <sighs> it's a throwback. Okay. <laughs> There's a, there's a setting on uh, our our software that you can put it into automatic mode, and when one right. element ends, the next one gets tripped automatically. And shouldn't that be the intro for, for Meet the Press, though? I mean, it should be something to kick it into gear a little bit more. So. All right, it's good, Marissa. Okay. Murthy and Kessler have been part of a group of experts and doctors that have briefed Biden on the pandemic for months throughout the campaign. Murthy served as Surgeon General during President Barack Obama's second term, and Kessler was FDA Commissioner in the 1990s and now serves as board chair at the Center for Science in the Public Interest. Biden said during his victory speech Saturday night that he'd unveil the full COVID-19 task force on Monday. They'll be tasked with taking the proposal he's released during the campaign for dealing with the pandemic, which includes investments in personal protection equipment and loans for small businesses, as well as plans to implement more standardized public health guidelines and turning them into a blueprint that he'll enact when inaugurated president in January. Biden made President Trump's mishandling of the pandemic a central focus of his campaign against the Republican and pledged, if elected, to make combating the pandemic his top priority. Iconic Jeopardy host Alec Trebek died at the age of 80. The longtime game show host uh, game show confirmed the news of his passing on Twitter Sunday morning in March of 2019. Trebek announced that he had been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Trebek delivered the news in a video posted to YouTube saying he planned to finish out the current season of Jeopardy, stating now normally the prognosis for this is not encouraging, but I'm going to fight this. I'm going to keep working. Trebek had a staggering 40 plus year career hosting dozens of game shows in Canada and the United States, but became synonymous with the popular game show Jeopardy and was the show's host for more than 30 years. In the course of his career, Trebek won five daytime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Game Show Host as well as a Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. According to the official Jeopardy! website, he currently holds the Guinness World Record for most game show episodes hosted by the same presenter with nearly 8,000 episodes of Jeopardy! on his resume. He also, at one point, was hosting three separate shows, which I don't think has been done since. Wow. It's pretty amazing. So sad. I mean, we knew he was sick, but um, I didn't, you know, wasn't expecting yeah, to hear that was, news on Sunday. Yeah. I didn't think ABC, it was as bad as it was. Yeah, know? ABC had an, and obviously they knew this was coming, so they had an hour um, uh, tribute to him last mm. night at 10 o'clock. It was really, really well done. Yeah, very sad that he's gone. The number of coronavirus cases around the globe topped 50 million on Sunday as COVID-19 continues to surge in the United States and Europe, according to a tally from John Hopkins University. The U.S., which last week saw its highest single-day case counts since the pandemic began, led the world with 10 million cases and more than 239,000 deaths, NBC News data shows. States across the U.S. were adding thousands of new cases daily, with Illinois recording a national high of more than 12,000 on Saturday, according to the data. Illinois Governor 
J.P. Pritzker self-isolated last week after a meeting with someone who tested positive with the virus. He and other staff members tested negative on Saturday, the Associated Press reported. Public health ex- experts warned that the country could see more than 2,000 deaths per day by January and that the virus will continue to surge during the winter when families spend more time indoors and around people outside their immediate uh, their immediate circles during the holidays. In sports this morning... <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick knocked away a pass in the end zone to preserve Pittsburgh's undefeated season, and the Steelers held on for a 24-19 win against the Dallas Cowboys team, who fell to 2-7. The Steelers are 8-0 for the first time in franchise history, surpassing the 7-0 mark set by the 1978 team. And the New York Giants held on to beat the Washington football team, winning 23-20. First-place Eagles will play the Giants on Sunday at the Meadowlands. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Union. Sergio Santos and Corey Burke each scored one goal to leave the Union to their first-ever Supporters' Shield following a 2-0 win over the New England Revolution. The Union improved to 9-0-0 at home and earned the first trophy since the franchise's expansion season in 2010. Goalkeeper Andre Blake was out with a fractured right hand, and 22-year-old Matt Freeze earned his win and his first career shutout in his first appearance in July of 2019. The Union finished the regular season with the highest points per game in Major League Soccer and collected the club's first trophy. And the Washington Nationals invited President-elect Joe Biden to toss out the ceremonial first ball next season on opening day. Washington is scheduled to host the New York Mets at Nationals Park on April 1st. Over the weekend, the team posted on Twitter, we're excited to continue the long standing tradition of sitting presidents throwing out the first pitch at the home of the national pastime in our nation's capital. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Well, here we are. New work week. Uh, the sun is coming up. It's going to be a beautiful day. Once again, I hope you got outside this weekend. Wow. If you sure didn't. So did. Yeah. Boy, did you miss a spectacular show weather-wise. And uh, hopefully you still got a couple days left to get out there and enjoy some of it. Because I went out, uh, uh, Caroline and I went out and took a walk on the Perkyoma Trail. The colors are still popping. There's a little bit left out there. And I, I, I was, we were talking, I'm like, year-round. I could take this <laughs> year uh, yeah. round. I said the same thing. Phenomenal. The missus yeah. and I got out Christmas caroling. And uh, oh, obviously did. it was a little early. And, <laughs> hey, and so what? I... Put up Christmas lights. Oh, I thought about it. And I thought about it. My next door neighbor mm. was driving by. I just hear the car go by, yeah, yeah. and then I hear the car stop, and then I hear, <laughs> hear the car back up, <laughs> and then she yells out the window, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "They're not going. going not going to turn them on till Thanksgiving." I'm like, "This is a perfect opportunity to get out there." And I, That's I put funny. some up. I put the stuff that I had to get up high. To do just because that's a pain in the ass when it's really cold. The other stuff is no problem. It was very funny because I was actually taking dead zombies and tombstones <laughs> one, one direction and, and, and then, then starting <laughs> Christmas stuff out towards the front. Yeah. I mean, like a complete reversal. Yeah. I spent hours and hours and hours doing lawn stuff. I got, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, me too. I filled uh, 25 bags with lawn clippings and, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> with lawn clippings and, and leaves. And I, I, thought about putting lights up i really I, I bought new lights and everything like that i was like yeah and i don't even care i'll put them on right now too i don't care like i love oh, really it. you're yeah. a rebel yeah. in a way well, i just like the way it looks like yeah. it just you know the house looks warmer i did uh i did all the the trimming of the shrubs and all that stuff yeah. the clean up the yeah. and so then the things the things of the shrubs and the, and, the, <laughs> and the various things of the holidays 
No, no, it was but awesome. I mean, just, it's just great. To, yeah, yeah, just to be outside. If, even if you're doing work or whatever mm-hmm. it may yeah. be, just to be out in this weather this time of year is pretty special. Yeah. So. And we're hoping for great weather next week, one week from today. Live broadcast. Oh, my gosh. I can't even comprehend that, Preston. One it's unbelievable. week from today, man. But right now, the advance looks pretty good. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I know it's not going to be you know in the mid-70s, but it's looking yeah. like not snowing and not you know Lava. all that stuff yeah so we should be we should be good all the details at preston and steve.com for camp out for hunger we're gearing up for it and we of course want your help we need your help there are people that are uh, in dire need of your help so uh, join us for it it's going to look a little bit different this year it's going to be a little more hands-off but uh, you can still come by and drop off your donations we will be there broadcasting live so we're getting set for all that otherwise today we have a new word of the week prize we have a we have a movie uh, package a twenty pack of digital movies and TV shows, uh, TV show seasons. I'm sorry, including 300 Beetlejuice, The Goonies, Full Metal Jacket, Batwoman season one, and The Flash season six for a complete list. You can go to contest wmmr.com. So we'll do the letter at the end of the program. Uh, we're gonna have comedian uh, Michelle Wolf on the program. She's gonna be at Helium Comedy Club tonight. A rare Monday night show. She's actually doing a, a beginning of the week run. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Shows at Helium, so we'll talk to her in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, the Big Brothers Big Sisters annual fashion show is coming up. Our buddy Marcus Allen's going to be on to talk about that. He's such a good guy. He is. So we have a lot of stuff going on for a Monday morning. That's a good thing. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment, and we'll get to some of that entertainment stuff. The, the one big downer of the weekend being, of course, uh, Alex Trebek, and we'll have some clips to play and so on when we get back. So stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or celebrating love, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so the stupid question this morning concerns art. Uh, and here is what I would like you to do. I would like you to give me either the Italian or the French name for the Mona Lisa. Italian or French name for the Mona Lisa. And it is not Mona Lisa. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to this. Mona? Right. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so either the Italian or French name of uh, the Mona Lisa. And you better do it quick because I only have like four birthdays. Nick, oh. do you see any notable birthdays? Okay. Pull them up on the monitor here. Because I think it's time to take a deep dive on each one of these birthdays. Well, I see a, a not notable birthday, but I, I know. He's on my list. Is he? Okay. I oh, don't yeah, know who yeah, yeah. he is. That it's, it's so, yeah. there are so few notables that even Eric Dane is on my list here. Oh, so. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Uh, husband, right? Eric Dane, yeah, was in the last ship. He was the captain. Yeah, oh, he was on Grey's Anatomy, yeah. too. All right. I, I mean, I guess I know the name. I just He's one of those actors, Steve, yeah. that I know exists, and I don't watch anything he's ever been in. I feel bad for you. <laughs> Do you am I missing no. out? Actually, The Last Ship is a great series. I, it actually comes to oh, a, okay. a, a, a complete conclusion. He was also in the hot tub, uh, that the quote-unquote sex video, That's where it was right. just them sitting in a hot tub. Yeah, it was the least sexy sex Sexty, video yeah. of Who? all time. So Eric it was Dane. him and his wife and the, uh, two other people. And the, Oh, this is oh, there's the new one. I think it was, came out after the Pam Anderson uh, okay. sex were they, tape. They we're, were, s- we're expecting full-blown Hummers. They're sitting in a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, but they were also like doing drugs. I can't remember if they were just smoking pot. They were doing chocks. Or if they, were, <laughs> if they were smoking meth or... Were they smoking meth? I, no, I don't know. Well, Eric Dane is 48. I do. Here's one I didn't have on my list here, and it's uh, Ryan Murphy, the writer and producer 
Uh, so he has brought us uh, Glee and uh, American Horror Story and Eat, Pray, Love. Uh, so he's, he's got he's some stuff. He's a dude, yeah. Yep. Uh, and he is, I don't know how old he is. Um, let me see here. I'm sorry. I'm scrolling through just to find some, some more. He's uh, uh, 55. Okay. It's okay. He's the best besties with Eric Dane. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, we also have uh, Vanessa Lachey, Ooh. <laughs> wife of Nick Lachey, and it's Nick's birthday too. You know it her? Is? Yeah. Do you have that one? No. Yeah, uh, Vanessa Lachey and Nick Lachey are, are like uh, Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. They they share a birthday. Well, why would they not have Nick Lachey on this list? He's more of a star a than she is, right? BS list. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, she is forty. I don't. Uh, Nick is forty-seven. Okay, there it is. Yeah. You know Vanessa Lachey? She was. Uh, what, what was her maiden name? Oh, uh, because Mar- is it Marcel? Marcel? Yeah, because that's a Marcel. Uh, no, right? No, no. no. okay. <laughs> Sounded good. So, do you remember in, in, in um? Do you remember in the uh, the Fantastic Four? Manilo. Yeah, Vanessa Manilo. Yeah, there it. you go. She's very attractive. Who was she? Oh, she was the wife. She was Johnny Flames' um, girlfriend. Okay, the girlfriend. Okay. All I right. got a, another non-notable birthday for you. It's Please. A guy, a guy named Dave Bush. He was a uh, baseball player. He played for the Phils for a stretch. <laughs> Uh, he was usually like a, a third or fourth start in the Major League Baseball in uh, for the, the teams that he played for over the years. Uh, but the reason I bring it up is that he grew up here. He went to Conestoga High School, and he broke my brother's hand while pitching one time. That oh son of a bitch. Yeah, and my brother uh, was batting. Dave was pitching, and uh, Dave had a really good fastball, hit my brother in the hand, broke his hand. Dave Bush, happy birthday. Okay. Does he still live in the area? Do I don't know, know where he lives. No, now. he fled in disgrace. He got yeah, out, after, yeah, yeah. after the hand-breaking suit. I got to go. <laughs> I've got to uh, leave town. I've done something horrible. All right, here's a good one. Nikki Blonsky. Oh. Yes. Uh, she was the lead in Hairspray. Uh, I, I love that musical. It so do great. I. It grew yeah. on me. Casey, you were a huge fan on the outset of it. Yes. Yeah. I, I I didn't like the original, like, John Waters one. Um, uh, I like that as well. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, I was uh, too young Classic John Waters, yeah. And did you like the TV version? I didn't watch it. The because, live version uh, on TV? Yeah. I don't... I couldn't get into any of those uh, live versions oh, on I TV. Could. I know. I love I Grease. It's freaking awesome. Uh, that's right. It was one of your favorites. Oh, here's one. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. Uh, actor Charles Robinson. He was on Night Court. He played the, the clerk. Yeah, the, the bailiff, right? No, uh, that was, was that was Bull. A bull, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, he played Mac. Uh, Mac was his name. That's right. And you know, I'm, I'm looking at his. Uh, he still works from time to time. I guess he was in the House Bunny as well, so he does some things here and there. So happy birthday to him, uh, Charles Robinson. And then the last birthday, we do have a notable one. It's Lou Ferrigno's birthday oh! today. Oh, yeah, Lou. Lou. <laughs> Uh, turned 69 years old. And we've heard from more than one person that he can be kind of a dick if you go to get his autograph, like mm-hmm. at one of these Comic-Cons or stuff like that. That's kind of sad. He doesn't like doing it. Yeah. Yep. He came so. in here. He couldn't have been nicer. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, there's one more uh, Marissa brought in. Chris Jericho. Hey! Uh, Chris Jericho t- turns uh, 50 years old today. He's Fozzie. Nice yes. He's great, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. I, I remember, you know, we, we've had the, uh, the fortunate uh, opportunity to... Be around backstage at the the uh, MMRBQ, and Fozzie was playing. And um, oh, I, I remember who it was. It was the gal from Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh yeah, Jay Wow. Yeah, yeah Jay Wow was backstage. <laughs> what an odd confluence. I know. Moment. And and she was a huge fan <laughs> yeah. of Chris Jericho and wanted to meet him. I'm like, Jay Wow. 
I'm going to introduce you to Chris Jericho. <laughs> so I brought her over, and they, it was a love fest. And, and you didn't know how it was going to play out. No, Chris I Jericho, didn't know. Gonna, what do you think? We're friends now? But besides <laughs> that, he was super nice to everybody. Yeah. He was just happy to be talking to fans, and, and that band is really good, and they're like very them. successful. Yeah, yeah. So uh, happy 50th birthday to Chris Jericho, the big 5-0, still rocking hard, man. See, where once there was no birthdays, now we have a whole bunch. Filled it out. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to this stupid question. Give either the Italian or the French name for the Mona Lisa, 215-263-WMMR. We will go to Cindy and see how she's doing. Good morning, Cindy. Hi, good morning. Uh, Cindy! Cindy! <laughs> 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 yes. In case you're on it, dude. Yeah, but... uh, Cindy, give me either the... Are you going to do the Italian or French version of uh, the Mona I'll, Lisa? I'll do the Italian, La Gioconda. Gioconda, that is correct, yes. <laughs> nice work, Cindy. We're going to set you up. Uh, and we are going to give you a $50 dining credit and an overnight stay at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Atlantic yeah. City. Winner of 17 Best of Gaming Awards in Casino Player Magazine, including Best Suites, Best Spa, and Favorite Casino Resort. Indoor and outdoor dining is now available. You can get fall escape rates at the hotel starting at $79 Sunday through Thursday. Visit Hard Rock Hotel, AtlanticCity.com. All right, uh, we will get into the entertainment stuff. We'll start with the box office this weekend. Uh, Number one was Let Him Go. Uh, which is the Kevin Costner Diane Lane film? Yeah. Right. Um, it brought in four point one million. Obviously, these numbers are still really, really, really low. But that was the number one movie in theaters that are showing uh, theaters. Uh, number two was Come Play, uh, followed by War with Grandpa at number three. Uh, then you had Honest Thief, Tenet, Toy Story uh, is in the top ten, followed by The Empty Man, True to the Game Two, Spell. And the new mutants was number ten, and that number eleven, Mac and Me, Mac and Me, <laughs> yeah, back in the theaters, dude. It wouldn't surprise me <laughs> to see that name pop up on a list. I like mean, this. it seems I, like they're just throwing things in oh, there. Yeah. But yeah, but, well, well to, to give you dollar amounts, the new mutants at number ten made one hundred and ten thousand dollars. I mean, that wouldn't, you know, yeah. that's what I spend for popcorn. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, we're going to, obviously, Kathy touched on uh, Alex Trebek passing, and we'll go a little bit more in depth to that. He was 80 years old. Uh, He had been a presence on television for five decades. His cause of death was not immediately revealed, though, of course, he announced that he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer in March of 2019. Now, the outpouring for his diagnosis and now his death was immediately. Producers on the show, former contestants, even world leaders shared their grief. Ryan Reynolds and Jimmy Kimmel were among the first celebrities to share their thoughts and their sadness. Uh, And the statement from the show, uh, the show's Twitter account uh, read, Jeopardy is saddened to share that Alex Trebek passed away peacefully at home this morning, surrounded by family and friends. Uh, Jeopardy contestant Ken Jennings said on Twitter Sunday he was thinking of Trebek's family and uh, the Jeopardy family, which he said in a way included millions of us. Uh, Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, wrote, We have lost an icon almost every night for more than three decades. Alex Trebek entertained and educated millions around the world, instilling in so many of us a love for trivia. My deepest condolences to his family, friends, and all who are mourning this tremendous loss. Uh, He hosted more than 8,200 episodes, as Kathy was saying, uh, more than any presenter of any single TV game show ever 
which is kind of wild. I thought maybe Bob Barker held that title. Yeah, no, it doesn't because yeah. he also um, he had I don't know if, how many shows Barker had outside of The Price Is Right. But um, uh, Alex Trebek did have a number of different shows. I but think this it, was just for Jeopardy. Just for Jeopardy. Oh, okay. Just for Jeopardy It's pretty alone. amazing. It pretty is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, yeah, I, so he picked it up, what, in 82? 84. 84, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the past couple of us, well, last season, uh, they were showing, uh, a, you know, during the COVID time, I should say, uh, they were showing a lot of episodes. They showed his first episode when he uh, took the helm on Jeopardy with his his big mustache, classic mustache, and the yeah. whole thing, and a progression of episodes, and uh, even when he was green, so to speak, he was still just smooth as yeah. silk. Yeah, I need to. You know what? Uh, what's great about Jeopardy is it's been on for so long, and unless you you absolutely, without question, watch it every single day. Um, you can go back and watch old episodes. Yes, you can. And it feels still play them. fresh. Yeah. And you'd still play along. And that's the best part about Jeopardy is playing along <laughs> with it. It's not watching what the contestants do necessarily. It's seeing if you can match up to it. You know? I, I love, too, when you do go back because in your life you've learned additional things and certain yeah. things become mm-hmm. more. Yeah, and so, man, I'm rocking this. Yeah, totally. Yeah, It's on uh, Netflix. And so, you know, we'll yeah. be able to watch Alex episodes for a long time. Yeah. You know what I found interesting? Was it uh, It was last week that Sean Connery died, right? I know. And Sean Connery the same and Alex thing. Trebek. Saturday Night Live. I said the same thing to my thing. wife. I said, uh, you know, it, it's it's like a Saturday Night Live classic skit. Yeah, synced up, and they uh, they both passed, but yeah. uh, it was wild. And then they they had that special on ABC, which is really good. Last okay, night. question about that because I have this this news story that they were going to do. Uh, Alex Trebek remembered a 2020 special. Was that what was on last night? I recorded it. Okay. And, I, and I watched it. I didn't realize what 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 it was. So it might have been positioned as a as a 2020. I watched it this morning because. This says, I saw it this morning, it said a 2020 special show will air on ABC Sunday night at 10 p.m. Um, then that had to be it. That's the it I said it will feature his interviews with Good Morning America uh, and with uh, Michael Strahan and GMA3, What You Need to Know co-anchor T.J. Holmes. And in these conversations, Trebek discussed what he wanted his final days to be like and what he learned while confronting stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, Strahan's interview with Trebek's wife, of uh, more than 30 years, Gene, will also air during the special. In the interview, uh, Gene opened up about living with Trebek's cancer and how it impacted both of their lives. Lastly, the special will showcase Robin Roberts' interview with Alex after he first revealed his diagnosis, as well as tributes uh, from his co-workers. Alex Trebek, remembered, is anchored by David Muir and Amy Robach. So I think some of that must have been repurposed, right? They yes, that... it clearly was, because they, right. they were showing a lot of stuff, and that, a lot of recent stuff, uh, at least that... in the special that was on last night, that we had just seen. Right, yeah. There was that episode of uh, that Strahan hosted, I think it was called What is Jeopardy? And that was r- around the time that the GOAT tournament happened yep, with Ken yep. Jennings, and so... Uh, and it was really well done. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'd like to rewatch some of that stuff. The the clip that that was all over social media, at least that I saw this weekend, was of the the most recent one of the most recent winners. And you told me about it last yeah. week, Nick. Both you and Casey did. Uh, Bert uh, Takur. Um, and at the end, he's talking to Alex and telling him what Jeopardy meant to him, and he starts to get really emotional so I'll, I'll play this clip if you hadn't seen it it's very very special any family members uh, back home uh, cheering you on you know here's a true story man uh, i grew up i learned english because of you and so my grandfather who who raised me i'm gonna get tears right now he we used, I used to sit on his lap and watch you every day so it's a pretty special moment for me man thank you very much and he started crying oh, and oh man when was that recorded uh so they just started recording them you know, it seems like just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so the thing that amazes me is, Casey, 
you know, I, I watch it every day with my mm-hmm. wife, and and he, uh, we were just saying uh, at the end of last week, boy, Alex looks good. He looks good. Now we don't know if there was a you know a step off point where he had to leave the show because it got to be too much. Because mm-hmm. we all think of it in real time. We think, okay, well, right. you forget how you know when it was when it was recorded. But he he did look really good. My aunt died of pancreatic cancer, and um, she there you know there was a period of time where there was pain and there you know the treatment and and all right. of that, and it was tough. But the the end portion of it for her at least was was pretty quick. Like the second that she. Um, you know, like we knew it was the end, like she stopped talking, she stopped communicating and like that was it. You know what I mean? So it, I could see how this could happen. How it shift you, gears that okay. fast? How it could yeah. shift that quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we have we have some other clips. Do we want to mess around with those later or do you want to do that? We can absolutely do that. Um, yeah, later if you want to do it. I mean, there, there's, there's, a, there's a fair amount and it's just, just memories yeah. in general. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to spend a little bit more time on this later today. But do if, a few things. We could do this whole entertainment break just on, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. on Alex. So let's come back to that in a little bit. I do have a uh, couple other things to mention. I mean, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp will no longer appear as Gellert Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts film franchise. There are a couple of movies into this now. Yeah. He, yeah. He made the announcement on social media writing, I wish to tell you now. I'm not going to do it. That- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That Speak I, up! That I've been asked to resign by Warner Brothers Whoa. for my role as Grindelwald in Fantastic they fired Beasts. Him? And I have respected and agreed to that request, yeah. Uh, the decision, of course, comes on the heels of him losing the libel case against the son, which was, you know, the whole Amber Heard thing, and they called him a wife beater because of what she had said, and so on. He lost that libel case. He concluded, the surreal judgment of the court in the U.K. will not change my fight to tell the truth. And I confirm... Uh, that I plan to appeal. My resolve remains strong, and I intend to prove that the allegations against me are false. My life and career will not be defined by this moment in time. Warner Brothers confirmed Depp's departure, saying that his role would be recast. Uh, the upcoming entry of the Harry Potter spinoff has been pushed to the summer of 2022 from November of 2021. This isn't what you call like a, a seismic shift. Uh, you- I, the movies are are okay. I, I don't think there's They're that not level on my of fandom. Yeah, anymore. so exactly that. It's not on a lot of people's radar. Yeah, but I mean, if you're if you're if if that's your realm, then then you really really love these. So if they really want to perform a real sleight of hand, have Richard Harris play the role now. Richard yeah. Harris, he passed away. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, bring him back. Yeah. But they've, uh, yeah, well, there you go. They've, they've, they've changed characters yes, before, and it's worked wonderfully. So, uh, social media was split with many claiming that uh, Johnny was the victim, not the perpetrator. Fantastic Beasts generated more than eight hundred million dollars at the box office, and the sequel brought in six hundred and fifty-four million. Uh, when Heard initially accused Depp of abusing her, Fantastic Beasts author J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers opted to stick by him. So he is out in that. Uh, this announcement came down on Friday, just as we were leaving the show. Al Roker has been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, the 66-year-old Today Show star uh, had revealed the news on the show and said that he wanted to use his diagnosis as an opportunity to educate others. He said, after a routine checkup in September, turns out I have prostate cancer, and it's a good news, bad news kind of thing. The good news is we caught it early. Not great news is that it's a little aggressive, so I'm going to be taking some time off to take care of this. And it's one of those things that it's a little more common than people realize, so I just decided to go public with this. He said, I decided that I wanted to go public with it because 
one in nine men are going to be diagnosed with prostate cancer in their lifetime, Steve Morrison being one of them yes. there. Yeah. But for African-American men, it's one in seven, and it's more deadly. So if you detect it early, it's a really treatable disease, which is why I wanted to go take you along my journey so we can learn to educate and protect the men in our lives. So he had had the PSA test, Steve. Yes. The same thing that you did. The, oddly enough, it ends up being fairly maligned in the medical industry and because of the fact that it can deliver a false positive periodically. And the truth of the matter is I'd rather have a false positive than miss a positive mm-hmm. because yeah. of uh, – and, and that and I'm here to tell you it's the PSA that saved my life. Well, I know you're really involved with this, Steve. Do you know why um, African-American men are more likely to die from it? Do not know that. I think there, there's, a, there's a couple of things that, you know, that there's a higher level of susceptibility in the African-American community. Okay. I, I know that they – you know, obviously they're trying to figure out why that is – but that's that's another one of these things that uh, that affects uh, African Americans. So yeah, no, it, it's interesting. It's, that actually is an impetus. Again, if as I've said many times before, if you're feeling great and you have everything is on uh, is, is running along, get the test now. Sure. Because if you do and you do have something, yep. you're catching it ahead of the curve, and your prospect for a long and healthy life is really good. Yeah. We, we live in in the best of t- until you can take a pill and just eradicate it that way. The ability to manage prostate cancer and take care of it and get it uh, treated and and go on and live your life is higher than it's ever been. Is there a like like uh, colon cancer? Is there a suggested age when you need to start looking for that? Because from what I understand, my my uncle had it as well, and and you know it was decades ago that he found out about it, but. It, uh, he had learned that eventually, if you live long enough and you're a man, you will You'll, probably end up with it. And quite often, people will die of other things, and as they're checking the body and you know just doing a routine investigation, they'll find prostate cancer. And, and yeah. his, as Al Roker says, his is more aggressive, growing faster. Right. But a lot of it grows very slowly. Right. So that's part of the deal. I would say you probably sit in the same. The, the weird thing is, is that more and more people are getting tested for it. They're saying that they're getting it. So it says 50 for men uh, who are at average. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's when you get. To, I remember my doctor telling yeah. me, is it 50? You get the digital exam. And I'm like, what is a digital exam? Are you like going to bring in some electronic yeah, equipment or yeah, something yeah. like that? Is and it a math test? He literally just held up his finger. Yeah. yeah. And, he got, and I was like, oh, that digit. Yeah. Well, here's the deal, by the way. <laughs> digital, digital exam for me. Was showing nothing. Right. It was absolutely indicative of nothing. It but that's was the, the first, PSA. The first step yeah. is to is to uh, you know get the Doctor Mike treatment. Yeah, I got the though. old digital exam on Friday. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah, I felt like he was using like his whole fist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But listen, and then you turned around and Mike came in the room. Yeah, I um. <laughs> Who are you? It's it, after he got done. I was like, well, you know, as as uncomfortable as that is, it's worth it, right? Yeah. But did you kiss him? I did not. No, it, like but actually, he lit up a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt the rest of the weekend. Uh, men average, this is from the American Cancer Society, says men at average risk of prostate cancer should have this uh, discussion starting at age 50. Uh, men at higher risk than average risk should have the discussion uh, starting at age 40 or 45. So you'll need to, uh, well, here it says here, who is the higher than average risk for prostate cancer? Amer- uh, African-American men and men who have a father, brother, or son who were diagnosed with prostate cancer when they were younger than 65 are at high risk. Men with more than one of these close relatives diagnosed before age, age of 65 uh, are at even higher risk. So get the test. Talk to your doctor. Yeah, yeah. Get that done. All right. 
Uh, Full House alum uh, may get out of jail early, meaning Lori Laughlin, so that she can be home for the holidays. Oh, that'd be a great Hallmark movie. Well, wow. <laughs> out of prison for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to spring me. A helicopter's going to land in the courtyard and get me out of here. Steve, life at the North Parole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Thank you. Uh, while she is due out December 27th. The federal... She crawls through the tunnel press, like in the Shawshank, but when she gets out the other end, it starts snowing. Uh, <laughs> the Federal oh Bureau of Prisons uh, may bump it up to Thursday, December 4th, instead of the 27th, due to the holidays. Uh, documents obtained by E read, The Bureau of Prisons may release an inmate whose release date falls on a Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday. Oh, I'm just loving hearing this. On the last... <laughs> preceding weekday unless it is necessary to detain the inmate for another jurisdiction seeking custody under a detainer or for any other reason which may indicate that the inmate should be released until uh, the inmate's scheduled release date. If, um, she had, if she had a sense of humor, she'd hire some sort of special effects makeup guy from Hollywood to <laughs> give her tattoos and jack her up and everything. <laughs> That'd be awesome. When she comes out. The 56-year-old... Was uh, sentenced to two, mo- two months in prison, two years of supervised release, and 100 hours of community service. She was also ordered to pay a fine of $150,000. Uh, during her sentencing, she had said, I thought I was acting out of love for my children, but in reality, it only underlined and diminished my daughter's abilities and accomplishments. More broadly, and more importantly, I now understand that my decision helped exacerbate existing inequalities in social and society generally, and the higher education system more specifically. So uh, her husband uh, is not going to be starting. Well, I'm not sure when, but he's got a five-month sentence. But he has not started it yet, and I don't know when they plan on so with her, locking him up. So her sentence is possibly not this year, right, but but in a year. Is that what you're saying for this holiday season? Yeah, she's only in there for a couple months. Okay, all right. Yeah, so by the time um, she's scheduled to be out on the 27th, but they're, they're, they're going to probably bump it to the 27th. All right, all right. That makes sense. Then. Christmas Eve. She'll be released. <laughs> Sprung for Christmas. <laughs> uh, Christina and Aunt Anstead. Oh man, they're in the they're in the gossip news a lot, aren't they? Are. They? <laughs> they are. Uh, they are finalizing the details of their divorce two months after announcing their separation. Sorry uh, to hear it. Uh, the flipper flop star. <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> All right, it's okay. You're still incarcerated, Lloyd, and it's uh, it's going to remain that way for a while. Uh, the Flip or Flop star cited irreconcilable differences as the reason for their split, according to court documents. Uh, they are seeking joint legal and physical custody of 14-month-old son Hudson amid their divorce. And they are both paying their own court fees and are not requesting spousal support. So she used to be married to Tarek. Mm-hmm. What's his face? And they, what was the show that they were on together? Flip or Flop. It was Flip or Flop. Okay. Yeah. Flip or Flop. And then on to this next guy that only lasted two years but produced a child. Yeah. And then um, she's wow. apparently already dating someone else. Really? I'd uh, I'd, I'd slow the roll. I don't watch, uh, what's the network? HGTV. HGTV. It's from time to time it will be on. And, and when there are moments that she kind of flashes by the screen, I'm like, whoop. Like, Whoa. She's very she's attractive, absolutely. She's, she's, uh, yeah. She is uh, visually uh, beautiful. And I don't know what kind of a... She makes me want to buy a baby I don't, I don't really care for her. Yeah? yeah. Never have liked her? Never too, really too did. Too beautiful, maybe? Um, yeah, I, there was just... The, it, her personality on the TV show just um, seems very, very manufactured. Like, okay. I don't really... I gotcha. Yeah, there are other people... You don't people. connect to her. I don't. That's yeah. it, man. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. I think it seems kind of a, a facade. A facade. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Prince Harry asked that a wreath of poppies be laid to honor servicemen and women who have died in service to the UK, but his request was denied in that many are seeing in, in what many are seeing is a sign of how estranged he and his wife Meghan Markle are from the royals. Uh, they stepped down, of course, from their senior royal duties in March. He request, his request was rejected because he no longer officially represents the family, uh, according to reports. During Sunday's solemn Remembrance Day ceremony, his father, Prince Charles, laid a wreath for himself and his mother, Queen Elizabeth. Harry's brother, Prince William, uh, was also paid, had also paid tribute on Sunday. But, yeah, dude, you've bailed out. You're not, they're not going to do that. To represent you anymore if you're not a part of that organization. Couldn't so. he send one of those uh, fruit uh, yeah. arrangements? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The incredible edibles. Incredible edibles. <laughs> or um, <laughs> that'd be nice, right? Yeah. Which, I, by I the way, pineapple and cantaloupe. So my my wife's birthday recently. I think we got four of those sent in. Really? The house. Yes. So you brought none in, huh? They're an easy. <laughs> they're an easy go to, but. Considered that other people might, might be sending, sending them, them as yeah. well. So we got them from family members. Oh, man, we're looking at a huge one. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ, I'll that's bet unbelievable. That, I'll bet that cost 500 freaking dollars, man. Because <laughs> there's chocolate in there, too. Do you see that? Is that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them have uh, chocolate covered. So one of these, and it, it wasn't from Incredible Edels, but somebody sent it, came in a box. It was chocolate-covered uh, apple slices, but the chocolate had uh, salt sprinkled on it. Mm-hmm. I'd never had the salt on the... Sliced apples, which it was mm-hmm. outstanding. Rest in two grand. Two thousand dollars for that? No. What does it say right it there? It says one size. One, one size. Where? Where's it say the price? Nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars. The red tab right there. It says one size. One thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Stupid. No. Come on, that man. That is so dumb. You are so dumb. Uh, but free delivery. So oh, of course. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank you. One more time, Steve. You are so dumb. <laughs> All right, uh, what else do I have for you? In his new autobiography, Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey revealed that he was abused as a teen, writing, I was blackmailed into having sex for the first time when I was 15. I was certain I was going to hell for the premarital sex. Today, I am merely certain that I hope that is not the case. The Oscar winner also revealed that he was, quote, molested by a man when I was 18 while knocked unconscious in the back of a van. It's a horrible story. What? Recently, in an interview, he explained why he didn't get into details. He said, I feel like those details, unless I had a really good constructive way that I saw it could, bring, it could be relatable to other people, I felt like those details could have just been grabbed and reported for voyeurism. Uh, they, could, they could have been the thing that every single show was going to go... Read about the details of when Matthew was, was molested, or read about when he got blackmailed, and that's the wrong headline that I wanted. So that's why he did not. He wanted to take control of the narrative, reveal who that's they the were. Matthew McConaughey we all know. Yeah, but yep. now the questions remain, and they will remain for a while. Yeah, yeah. this is probably a job for beat reporter Casey Foster. Ooh. Yeah, on the beat with Casey Boy, Casey Boy's beat. Um. So I we'll have Casey look into that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you find, Preston? I'm in Austin, Texas, right now, hot on a lead. They have a bridge that has I'm a whole su- bunch of bats under them. <laughs> I'm supposed to meet someone tonight called Gumbo Pete. <laughs> Gumbo Pete. <laughs> That's his There's source. A lot of bats here. It's awesome. <laughs> his source. <laughs> uh, moving on. Did you know there's a Paris in Texas, Preston? <laughs> moving on. Henry Golding, the actor, and his wife, uh, Livlo Golding, are expecting their first child together. He was the male lead 
in Crazy Rich Asians. That super good-looking guy. He is, impossibly good-looking. Yeah, they shared their happy news on Thursday and uh, wrote on social media, 2021 is already looking brighter. Uh, so they got a little bundle on the way. Now, besides having a British accent and being impossibly good-looking, we have a child. <laughs> <laughs> Use us as a constant source of distress. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Colin Firth is set to star in New York. Firth, Firth Blood. Firth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, he is uh, set to sell, or to star in New York Will Eat You Alive, not I'm Firth. i to make a speech in front of the people of England. Oh. I'm dreading the thought. <laughs> Rambo, Firth Blood. Oh, my God. Rambo is the king's speech. <laughs> talk about people. <laughs> Don't yell so much. You'll overpower the system. <laughs> One of my favorite riffs you did on the king's speech was <laughs> come to be known as... That was up for- there's something with... Then come to be known as. What is he saying? <laughs> that made it like pretty far in the Daily Rush Madness, did it yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. I think it did. I think it did. Uh, so it is New York will eat you alive. That's what Colin Firth oh, is okay. in, not not Firth Blood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and just as- put, put him in the forest the way he is, you know, just sort of, I'm, I'm getting awfully chilly. Mm-hmm. I need a good supply of body bags. <laughs> Uh, an STX Films and uh, Tencent collaboration based on the digital comic called Zombie Brother. So that's what this is based on. Not familiar with that. No, I'm not either. Uh, so Todd Strauss-Schulson is set to direct. He said, "When uh, we always wanted to cast this in a way that would give life to the source material and elevate the action. And you can't achieve that goal any better than hiring Colin Firth. He had gone on to say, um, we're thrilled to be reunited with him on, on the, uh, in this role, and it will allow him to have fun while showcasing his deadpan humor and comic timing. So, uh, What about uh, The Kingsman? Is there another one in the works? It's a prequel. It's a prequel. Yeah, right. that's correct. So I assume, yeah, that means Colin Firth won't be in, involved in it. But, uh, yeah, could. they've been working on that for a while. Yeah. Well, it probably well, stalled because of yeah. COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, and then one last story. Uh, Steve, a British star... You would probably know him. He looked familiar to me, but I, I I, can't quite place him. Jeffrey Palmer was 93 years old. He passed away. He was in BBC's As Time Goes By alongside Judy Dench, but he also, he also oh, yes. was in... Character actor. He's Tomorrow great. Never Dies and Doctor Who and The Legacy of Reginald Perrin. So in that, in that show with Judy Dench, which was a very funny situation comedy, um, he was great. But yeah, he'd pop up in all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, had... he was supposed to play the sheriff in Firth Blood. Oh, I was not aware. So he was the foil. Uh, he reportedly died peacefully uh-huh. at home, but he was 93 years old. A good run, as they say. Most definitely. All right, we can do clips now. After a lengthy hiatus, NBC's weakest link has returned. And this time with a new host is Jane Lynch. 
In this clip, Jane discusses what excited her about being the host of the show's revived edition. Here we go. For me, it was the first time I've worked in six months, so I was giddy with delight. There's very little frivolity. It's really getting down to brass tacks almost immediately. We don't do personal conversations with the contestants. We do a little bit here and there just to set them up for my biting. It's non-stop game, and it's rapid fire. It's just the best. Oh, God! A new episode of Week is Link uh, premieres tonight, 10 o'clock. That's on NBC. It was nice to hear, oh, da- to hear Dave there. All right, next clip. Our buddy Bert Kreischer is joined by a bunch of his friends on a fun, relaxing vacation in the cabin. In this clip, Bert discusses how easy it was to arrange the guest list for this trip. I think of everything as like wasting time if I'm not making something. And so I was I just the first person I called was Segura. And I was like, hey, you want to come up and maybe we'll shoot something? He was like, yeah. And so he came up and he called Joey and then they got an ounce of weed. And the next thing you know, we're like, ah, let's call Miss Pat. And then Joe McHale and then Dion and Anthony Anderson. And, and it was, and Donna Rollins, Bobby Lee. The list of guys, people that I brought up there to hang out with me are the funniest human beings on the planet. Yeah! Uh, the Cabin with Burt Kreischer is streaming now on Netflix, by the way, if you want to see that. All right, and there you go. It's my entertainment report for today. Uh, we have a few things going on. Uh, comedian Michelle Wolf is going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Rare early weekday uh, work week shows. And we'll spend some time with her in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, we have the uh, an event we're happy to help uh, promote is the, the Big Brothers Big Sisters uh, Fashion Touchdown Fundraising Event. Yeah, they're going virtual this year, but they have some cool stuff going on. Uh, so our buddy Marcus Allen is going to get in touch and tell us a little bit about that, too. So we have some other things going on, and we will take a break and get to it all as we have another wonderful, sunny, bright, mild November day to be together. So we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Acme Markets proudly supports Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger beginning Monday, November 16th at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. More this year than most. We really need your help to make Camp Out a success. You can make a difference right now. Visit your local Acme during October and November and make a donation at the register when you check out. Acme will ensure your generous gift goes right to fill abundance to purchase food that's a lifeline for area families in need. Go to WMMR.com for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Camp Out for Hunger from Acme Markets and 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. New Word of the Week prize this week, by the way. 20-pack of digital movies and TV show seasons. Chance for you to win that, so don't miss the letter coming up at the end of the program. I'll give you... If you want to see the full list, you can go to contests at WMMR.com and find out what else we're giving away while you're there. Um, over the weekend, actually, it was yesterday, um, I heard my kids uh, being a little bit louder than usual uh, at, around the, the kitchen table. And then I hear, you know, it was, it was my two youngest, and, and they're going back and forth, and I hear somebody's voice uh, through uh, the computer or, or one of their devices. And and then I hear my son, Parker, go, hey, yeah, can I play too? And I was like, what's going on over here? Right. Uh, so they were playing a game called Among Us. Yeah, and I oh, guess, yeah. and I'm slow to catch on to these things when they hit and they take hold. And apparently, that's well, you can the, legally drink. Yeah, so, right. yeah, so I, I, <laughs> yeah. I avoid that's these great. things. Right. I just heard about this game the other day. Jace just was playing with one of his friends. So right. this has been taking hold, I guess, over the past uh, few weeks. It's been around for years, from what I understand. Has it? Oh, uh, or 
a while. That's what um, my daughter was telling me. She said, but as of late, it started to take off. And it's like, initial release date is 2018. Okay. My, okay. And um, it's like younger and older kids. It's not yeah. just uh, yes. for the young kids or whatever. I, I saw both playing together. Yeah. Right. So yep. my kids have been playing for a little while. My daughter's been begging me to play and to teach me. I actually play for the first time this weekend. I'm sorry. Let me uh, rephrase that. I play for the first and last time this weekend. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and- well, a, it's not for me. Um, it's it's silly. Um, you, I, I don't have the, uh, the the patience for it. And then B, I had some little uh, s a hole. Yeah. Uh, because listen, I was the imposter, right? So I was the imposter. Well, let, let's explain and... what, what what the deal is. I'll give you a quick synopsis, Casey. It's a okay. multiplayer social deduction game developed and published by an American game company. Blah blah blah. Uh, it, the game takes place in a space-themed setting in which players each take one of two roles, mm-hmm. most being crewmates and a predetermined number being imposters. And I guess the the, the ship is trying to launch, and there is a, there is a there is a, a saboteur of sorts. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't care, but th- that the ship is about to launch. Or listen, one, there's there is a, an, an imposter or two, and they kill crewmates. Right. And um, I was an imposter. And I've, I've played a few times, and it was fun to the, be the imposter. Yeah, uh, because you are trying to get rid of the the other people on the ship. Yeah, and, and Steve, people are trying to find out if you are the imposter. So okay. there's a little bit of there's a little bit of chess. It's like, like clue, like clue almost, yeah, yeah, a little bit of chess, a little bit of clue, a little bit of uh, deception involved, and right. and so you can try to set traps to <laughs> tempt whether or not uh, people are going to be able to figure out if you are an imposter so or not. I was doing a good job of imposting. <laughs> and, imposting, <laughs> yes. Okay. And this little this little a hole said. That he was swatting me, right? And he's like, do you know what swatting is? And I was like, well, hang on. Do you mean in the game or in real life? He's like, no, real life. There's going to be cops coming to your house with guns. And I was like, and so my daughter is also playing with me and scared. The hell. She was like, Dad, turn it off. He, he's going to get your IP address. He's, he's, he's. I was like, dude, he's not going to get my IP address. This, you know, this, I'm like, this is a little kid. He doesn't know what he's, you know, he, he yeah. probably just learned what swatting was like two days ago or whatever. But scared the hell out of my daughter. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to be playing video games with children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it boiled down to. Was like, children just... that aren't yours. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll play, yes, I'll play games with my kids well, or whatever. You, but... can, you can play the game. And one of the, the big attractions, apparently, of the game is you can play it online or you can play it on a, on a local Wi-Fi network. Okay. So you can play it just amongst a few people uh, in your home. Yes. Or a couple homes if you're within Wi-Fi distance. And I can play with my kids if I wanted to. Yeah, right. but you have uh, either online or, or, you know, like you said. But mm, mm, no. my, my daughter's begging me to play it. What are you eating over there? <laughs> Nothing. It's <laughs> got a mouthful of apple on my nose. No, no. no it's, Eat it's or talk. Pick sure, one. Sure, yeah. anyway. Yeah. I was from Sookum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, hang on. I can't see the... You swung your mic there and I can't see who's on the line. Um, so yeah, it, it seems like, uh, uh, I, what I was curious about is if it was a game that was of Fortnite level in it, in its, uh, in, in its popularity and taking over. And I think so it's, on. it's as popular all of a sudden as Fortnite was, uh, it seems to, at least in, in my son's, um, group of friends taken over for the thing, but it's not nearly as complicated or as, um, What's the word I'm looking for? The, the there's so much breadth in Fortnite. There's so many different worlds to explore and, and different options or whatever. It's a pretty straight ahead game, and I like that. Okay, so so when you when you log on, I'm a simple man. When you log on, do, are you you can pick what you're going to be? No, you can't. You get you're assigned. assigned it. Okay, yeah, and then so um, it's that's a, there's a little bit of surprise involved. We're like, oh, cool, I'm an imposter. 
and uh, or oh no, I'm an imposter or whatever. And uh, so, like for me, so it was the just game like, assigns you that exactly. And yeah. is there a resolution? Or is it a constant, yeah, whether a or constant not, progressing storyline? If the other people find out if you were an imposter, then they win. If you are able to to deceive all of them, you win, and then you just go on to the next round. And so, when you're playing online, how many? Pe- it's not a massive multiplayer game, right? It's, it's well, there's ten people in your little pod. You uh, up to ten, I guess. And then, uh, but I mean, I guess part of the beauty of the game, Steve, is like once the game ends, um, if you're not intimidated by a bunch of kids or whatever, and you're afraid to to be swatted like Casey was. Um, and then I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. Like I, you know, if you just want to keep going and, and keep playing, that game ends. You go on to the next one, next round. All right. So the more people that play, I would imagine, the longer the game goes, the more fun it might be. I think so. Yeah. But uh, listen, I played for a half hour. Uh, I was the imposter twice. I found that kind of uh, fun. And then uh, I was like, all right, uh, let's go outside. Um, but I, I want to go back to to Casey's situation. <laughs> and you know, when when you get when as an adult, when you get told off as by a little kid, I wasn't being told off. I, I know, but when you when you yeah. get when when a kid has no fear of the fact that you are an adult, yeah, yeah. they don't know I'm you, an adult. Yeah, they don't know you're an adult. No, they don't. You don't know anything about anybody. You're just. Wait, you a, couldn't hear your voice. No, it's it's a message board. Oh, it's all texting. Oh, it's all texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all I'll texting. tell you where that does yeah. happen, though, Preston. If you're if you're playing with a, like a, with a headset, if you're playing yeah. Call yeah. of Duty or whatever, <laughs> I've played. For a brief run there, when I had the time, I guess, more committed to it, like Call of Duty or Modern Warfare, and I'd play in free-for-all mode, yeah. and and I would have these little kids cursing at me because yeah. I, was, I was doing pretty well in the free-for-all mode, especially on one particular map. I was d- uh, doing very well. And you'd hear these little little bastards, like, but and I would never respond, but they would be cursing like crazy. And then after a while, you just start laughing because it's like, you motherfucker, yes. But I would say to any parent, like, or anybody who has any sort of sway over what their kids are doing on that in that environment, turn off the audio. You know, don't don't, that that communication mode can get. I mean, it can get very vitriolic. In some cases, very racist, very and like yeah, really yeah. like heavy duty stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I've, I only a couple times have ever had a kid really mouth off to me, and I've been like, <laughs> it's like it, and it like throws me off. Like, oh, but 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 uh, excuse you're me. A kid. Yeah. 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 In fact, in fact, PlayStation used to have a uh, a commercial running where these kids were playing, and they're like they, they're 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 getting furious. And then you realize they're actually playing against Navy SEALs uh-huh. on, on their on their PS4, yeah, and they're yeah, all yeah. laughing like yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and somebody had texted in and said it's the best game to play. You need to play with people you know. That and seems to make some sense. Reason, it makes it more yeah. fun. Okay, I think. yeah, that's what the kids daughter. were doing in my neighborhood. Yeah. They were all playing together. Like it was a okay. rainy day, we- so they sat down and they were going to all play together. And they seemed to. Like to figure, you know, like they they wanted to be the imposter, and uh, you know that was like the the cool thing to be. Yeah. Okay. Is that something you could play on air? Uh, does it lend itself to that? Among, no. the, among us, no, yeah. no, no. It, but I do boring. have I do have a game called uh, it's called uh, Werewolf or like One Night Werewolf, uh, and it's kind of like Clue. And it so if I were to play uh, a game with people at my home, I wouldn't do it where we're all on our phones. This is a game where it's it's like Clue. But there's an app on your phone, and everybody sits around the table, and then the the app plays you a story, and and right. and, and you can play it. But Among Us doesn't have the immediacy to play on air. No, okay. well, it's not even really a whole lot of sound involved or anything. No, right. it. It's pretty. Um, 
There's not a whole lot of uh, dynamics that would be interesting to a listener. Uh, there was somebody who was saying uh, there's a game that's fun to play for adults when you're drinking. Nick, see if you can find that because it, it scrolled down. Uh, I'm going to go to some uh, calls here real quick. I'm going to go to uh, Zach. Hey, Zach, Zach, good morning. Morning, guys. What's up, buddy? Uh, well, I play with my entire family, my wife, my daughter, my son. It's a lot of fun. My wife and daughter team up and get sneaky, and they're really good. <laughs> my son, however, if he's in the other room, you will hear this loud, maniacal laughter when he kills you. So we just kind of let that go and let him have his <laughs> You don't mind him <laughs> laughing at the at the notion of killing you. So you guys play on the local Wi-Fi network? Oh, uh, yeah. We'll play with uh, – we'll go into a Discord chat and bring in a couple of our other family members to bring in. And you get about a group of six to play something small. All right. Um, and how long does an average we- game last? Uh, it depends. It can last 30 seconds. It can last 20 minutes. It depends okay. on how good the players are. Um, but we came up with a new, um, my brother-in-law came up with this new idea of the game where you can turn the imposter's vision down to basically nothing so he's in the dark and turn the crewmate's vision up to absolutely everything so he can see everything, and they call it hide-and-seek. So first you tell him who the imposter is, oh. and then you go into your task, and then the game is you have to have the imposter find you so it makes the game a little more difficult for the imposter instead of just sneaking around. Now he has to find you on top of, you know, doing this. You know, All right. I'd have to play the game to understand that. But that's interesting that you can kind of tweak it and make your yeah. own game out of it. That's okay. cool. Thanks, Zach. Did you ever play anything like Minecraft or anything, Press? Did you ever play World of Warcraft at all? <laughs> no, I never. I, I don't like the multiplayer games. I, I've, I've always been a uh, play, the compu- play the computer kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, me um, too. But... Um, you know, my kids, my my old, my uh, middle child uh, Carter, who's eighteen, has gotten back into Minecraft again. He's playing it again, so I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, he's an adult yeah, now, and he's playing Minecraft. But you know what? Some my uh, older, ne- well, my nephew, who's twelve, he went back to Minecraft too. Like they were into it yeah, when Caroline they were younger, well. yeah, and then wrapped 13. back around. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, with Among Us, we played on the TV at home. So, you, I mean, we can play, most of the time you play on your phone, but we did the uh, the Apple share or whatever, where you go right. from your phone up to the TV. I don't I don't particularly like playing games that complicated or that complex on my phone. For whatever reason, that turns me off. If I'm going to play a game like that, I'd rather play it on, on, some, on some kind of system. But when you do it on the TV, all of a sudden, it just, it seems like a bigger world. You know what you, what you can do here, I know, with, <laughs> yeah. You can take a game controller. You can take a, 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 I think for both Xbox and for PS, uh, uh, for PlayStation with B4, I think it's the 4. Uh, and you can use that to control through Bluetooth games, certain games on your phone and your iPad. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, this person, oh, they were talking about um, uh, Among Us, Nick. It says here, you can play on your phone. And I played while drinking with like five people <laughs> and playing. It is gold. It's like whodunit meets we shouldn't be friends anymore. Wow. And then this that same, sounds cool. The same person says, uh, little kids online are called squeakers because their voice. And only squeakers claim to have effed my mom or call me the <laughs> N-word on Xbox oh, Live. Mm. So they're the ones that, that uh, don't hold back. So they got to watch out for the squeakers. I'm sure that's you're creating a, in the, in the end, they'll end up as fine adults. Hang on a second. Let me go to Vince. Hey, Vince, good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, good morning. What's up, Vince? Hey, I just wanted to say, um, you guys are talking about that drinking game you can get on your phone. It's called Piccolo. Piccolo, okay. And what... what you do, you, oh, go ahead. What is it? How do you play it? So one person gets it on their phone, and you uh, you just put it in the center of the table. It prompts you to put, you know, all the people's playing names in. I think you can play with up to, like, 10, 12 people. And uh, you got you put it in the order that you're sitting in. That'll start giving you prompts, like... Starting with Steve going to his left, 
name a fruit, and the person that the first person that can't name a fruit has to drink two times, and it just keeps going and going. Okay. Set it to be more profane, you know, or what, <laughs> however it is that you want to play it. So this okay. is actually a drinking game. Yes, it's actually actually a drinking game. Okay, this is not right. a game that's been bastardized into a drinking game like some people have treated among like us. Like drinking Candyland. Right. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, okay. It's a lot of fun. I would highly recommend it. Okay, I'll check that out. Thanks, man. Uh, let me go to Mel. Hi, Mel. Good morning. Good morning. It's your favorite BTS Army, Mel. <laughs> oh, hi, go. Mel. What's up? <laughs> uh, not much. So Among Us has gotten really popular on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um we actually created a Discord with mostly TikTokers over 100,000. I only have 30,000, but I get on because I manage their Discord. And literally, we stream every night on Twitch. Like, literally, like, people love it. And it's the most addicting thing ever. But also, um, Congresswoman AOC, she streamed Among Us with a bunch of famous Twitch streamers before the election to promote voting. Hmm. So that's and- how many people it's hitting. It was tens of thousands of people watching her stream. Okay. And there are just so many memes and everything that even, like, a K-pop idol contacted me after I posted a meme video about them that and wants me to play with them. So it's, like, tons of people, even famous people, want to play this game. It's so addicting. Okay. That's pretty wild. All right. That's pretty extensive. Thanks, Mel. Appreciate it. Mel's tied into all that stuff. So I, yeah. I, uh, I'm wondering if, so... I want to engage more and do things with my kids. I mean, anybody who has kids would mm-hmm. like to have that. So, right. you, you think I should try it? Uh, I, you didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. I don't think you'll like it. Okay. Um, and then you're also you're not engaged with your children. You're 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 in your phone. Um. Well, they were all in the same room doing it. You know, there were three. Uh, uh, maybe I guess three of them sitting at the table, but they had other people online as well. But my, anyway, yeah, well, maybe my, what you should do is is sort of remain aloof and uh, yeah. you know sit in another room. Go, ah, leave me alone. Yeah, Marissa. All right, I have a game for you to try. It's called Jackbox Games, and it's actually you buy these like party packs of games, and um, you play with your friends. You can play in the same room, or you can play from wherever you are. Because it's an app. Uh, it's actually not even an app. You just go to a website and you put in a code, and then you join the room, if you will. Okay. Um, but there's games like there's one called Quip Quip Lash, where you um, everybody is given a whole bunch of different questions to answer, and you write down funny answers for it. Okay. And then after you write those down, then as a group you play and you read the answers that are coming up. So if you're playing it with family or friends that you know, you can write things about each other or use inside jokes. Okay. Um, there's also one that you love pressing called Trivia Murder Party, where it's kind of a um, you're in this like haunted house. And you answer trivia questions, and if you get the question right, then you move on. Uh-huh. Um, but if you get it wrong, then you go into these murder rooms, and you have to like um, maybe guess the gauntlet, um, and hopefully the other people in the room. It's really interactive, and it's like really it. mm-hmm. fun. Oh. It's totally of the Elliot household. Okay, Jack I'm so parties. I'm so bad that and- you're have you're <laughs> the second sentence into it. I'm like. Oh. Oh, no, I love that. Yeah, I know. It's your, it's right in your alley, yeah. and, and me, I just start to tune out. I was watching C's face, and he was just like, what? Uh, what? Uh, um, the goblet, yeah, right. It's, it's on Xfinity, so you can just do Jackbox into your remote.
remote, and you can play online, too. Shut up. Yep. Really? Highly, highly recommend it. Oh. It is so much fun. My friends and I play all the time. I am doing that today. I don't do Jackbox. I do Jack Sock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever guys ever do that? Yeah. Not no, in a never. long time, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. Uh, so this game, One Night, uh, it's it's a werewolf game. It's like Clue. I, I recommend it for families, you know, especially, you know, with... Um, Older-ish kids, not like uh, 18-year-olds. But right, yeah. I would say, you know, starting around 8, 9, 10 years old or whatever. And you also, you have to sit around the table that everybody can sort of reach. Um, the booze. No, no, oh. no, no. Um, because you're all, you all have cards in front of you. Okay. And you, you, and so, and it, you all have to close your eyes. And I'm, I'm gonna, just going to play some for you. Because you, you sit around a table. Everybody gets a card that's, you know, kind of flipped over. So you don't know. And, and each card is a role that you play. Okay. And then this um, Everyone, this plays. This is uh, it's it's narrated. This is I'm playing it for my phone. Werewolves. And if there is only one werewolf, you may look at a card from the center. And so it narrates you through this whole process. Close your eyes for like five minutes or whatever. Okay, so you're you're actually what this is saying at the time you're doing what it's saying. Okay, yeah. yeah, So and and it's kind of cool. And so you you go through this whole process where it's like, okay, if you're this person, then open your eyes and you can grab a card or or switch cards or whatever. And then Copperfield, (laughs) blame it on your brother. (laughs) Um, And then when everybody opens your eyes, you then have a discussion as to who you think the werewolf is, and it's all based on. Um, what your card was, what the whole uh, story process—it's—it's it's really, really tough to it's, explain. Okay. And as a matter of fact, it's kind of hard to play in the beginning. But once you get the hang of it, then it's—it's it's a lot of fun, and the kids really, really get into it as well. There are games for your Amazon Alexa that yes. you can get. Really? Yeah, we bought a uh, a board game. It was a murder mystery game, Ooh. and um, you ask the. You ask the device questions and so on, and and uh, you know say, you know Alexa, I need to interrogate so and so. It's it's you have to in, you have to um, you have to uh, get the skill on the on the device itself. But once it's installed, you're good to go and you can play the game. It wasn't as good as we had hoped it would be. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah there, but there's, there's probably some that are probably better than others. There are other games that come actual with uh, with buzzers where you can play. For example, you can play their, the the Jeopardy game where multiple players can play and buzz in. You know, so you, it'll interact with your Alexa unit. Oh, really? Yes. So it'll, it'll... Love that. It'll be your buzzer, your way of logging in. Do you guys remember making a Preston and Steve game for the skill? Uh, yes, we did. The trivia game, right? Yes. You yeah. can, we did? If, yes. If <laughs> That's you, the number one game on Nowhere. I think it's <laughs> called Backstage at WMMR. And you can play uh, Toddler Theater and... Um, uh, loop. There it is. Oh my god! I think is on there. And yeah. then uh, six jars of farts. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe one or two other things. So uh, if you open up backstage at WMR, uh, backstage at WMR on your Alexa. Okay. Yeah, try it out. Let us know what you think. Yeah, is yeah. it still there? Yeah. I think so. Maybe. Probably. We'll see. All right. Uh, hang on. Let me go to uh, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Kelly? So my little neighbor, she's nine years old, made me download this game, Among Us. Uh-huh. And um, little did I know that you could be killed in it. So I have my two little neighbors sitting over me laughing as I'm doing these puzzles. And then they're like, ha, ha, I just killed you. So I didn't know that it was a game that you could 
die in. And um, so, yeah, my little nine-year-old neighbor tricked me. And, yeah. So they wanted to take you out in the game. Yeah, they thought it was hilarious. So needless <laughs> to say, I haven't played it again. Oh, so it was disturbing <laughs> to you that uh, they found joy yeah, in killing you. They, they enjoyed it, though. Yeah, to have, okay. to have little kids wanting to kill you is definitely disturbing. It's a common horror yeah. trope. Yeah. At least they weren't going to swat you, like Casey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Threatening to swat you, I little felt like, bastard. I felt like I was Thor. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah? I'm like, well, then let me just tell the my, my police friends. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell I'm gonna <laughs> My tell uncle's the judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny, Casey. Well, I don't care, douchebag. Yeah. Did you respond to this kid? Um. Well, he, so you have to, there's a message board. So, like, when they call this emergency meeting, you all have to sort of talk and discuss who you think the imposter is. Right. So you're having a discussion. So I was really just confused at first because when he said swatting, I, this is the second game I had ever played because the first game ended in 10 seconds. And so I didn't know what this kid was talking about. And then, so, yes, I was I was having a back and forth with this kid, I was just, I, you know, I don't care that he said he was swatting. I, what I cared is that it really freaked my daughter out. She sure. actually, she actually thought that this kid was going to, you know, right, get my right. IP address yeah. and that Little the douchebag. That's why I show up to my house. Mine sucks. Yeah. yeah, listen, you got to watch for that stuff, Katie. And I saw a text here, and this is what my daughter had said me, uh, told me. She said that um, uh, Among Us is similar to Mafia. You okay. Know, no, you know, I don't any of you guys know Mafia? I'm familiar uh, with it. I've never played it. Yeah, I, I remember. It, it's one of those strategy games where somebody. Oh is... no, the one night, not not Among Us, but one night. The werewolf game is uh, is. Uh, oh, it like is. Mafia. Okay, yes. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. but I thought uh, I thought Caroline had told me that it was similar. That Mafia, well, it, there, there's elements that are the same. Werewolf Mafia. Well, Among Us is Ooh. a lot like Werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, and, and Werewolf is kind of like Mafia. Okay. I'm smart. <laughs> I'm smart. Um, yeah, those type of games aren't... Uh, I've never been good at them. I forget never, how to never play... Been good. I forget how to play Clue. Oh, Clue's great. Okay. In fact, my kids yesterday were... Uh, we're going to be... Uh, we're going to get a vacation home, so we're going to need to uh, have some extra games. Yes. And they, they went to the store, and one of the games they came back with was Clue. They love Clue. Okay. Um, why is there a board... Why do you need a board in Clue? Uh, just to spend the time. Why uh, are there zebra? <laughs> uh, so you you go from room to room, and once you're in that room, then you therefore can uh, you can uh, suspect who did it, and it has to be in that room that you're in that you have to claim. Okay. So if you go to the ballroom, you can say, now, okay, uh, I suspect it was uh, Mr. Green with the knife in the ballroom. Okay. And then you ask, starting to the left, who has a card that shows that, uh, you know, that is, uh, that's in, it wasn't Mr. Green. I have his card here. Of course, there's always some dick that just takes the thing out of the, you know, <laughs> and just reads it immediately. You just find out who's who's the... Uh, well, that's why it would be pretty obvious that you yeah, cheated. Yeah. At that point. <laughs> yeah, right. When I was uh, doing the Among Us and I was the imposter, I was like, you know, having fun. But my daughter knew that I was the imposter and she dimed me out to the, everybody. I was what? like, dude, you can't. I know that you know that I'm the imposter, but like you can't tell the entire message board that I'm the imposter because you're you have privileged information at this point. Yeah. 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 I know. Right, cool. Little bastard. <laughs> you got a swatter. <laughs> uh, hang on. Let me go to Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, Jimmy? Not much. Hold on. I got to grab my dog. <laughs> how's, how's the in, dog doing? Is that a, your dog talking in the background? In what way are you grabbing the dog? <laughs> By the balls. <laughs> I, I got him. But, okay. uh, got got him, everybody. All right. Let us know when you're ready. We're good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Sorry okay. to bother you, man. What's up, Jimmy? 
Oh, yeah, so I already bought it to you guys. <laughs> it's all right. But um, no, no, two two games that we play uh, at home with the kids. Grab the dog. <laughs> <laughs> the dog. All right, kids. You, you Let's play grab the dog. <laughs> one, is, one is called Say Anything. Okay. okay. How's that play? How do you play that? You How's hold that a boombox over your head on the front lawn. <laughs> now, how do you play Say Anything, uh, Jimmy? There's. There's question cards, and you get to pick from five questions, and you have a card in front of you, and you write the answer down, and then the judge, which you rotate the judge around, and the judge gets to write down what they think is the right answer okay. everybody. Um, it's, it's great with the kids um, of all ages. Hopefully your kids. <laughs> What's that? No. <laughs> These kids I abducted at the mall. No, it's, and, and what is the other game? And the other one is Speak Out. Where okay. you, actually, you put a mouthpiece which spreads your Oh, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the lip spreaders, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah we've we played it many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that okay. is a good game. Uh, that's a good family game. You're right. Uh, thank you, Jimmy. Say hi to the dog. All right, there's a. Oh, sorry, guys. No, I, I was going to ask everybody in the room except for Steve because I know what your opinion is. <laughs> you guys ever play Catan? I don't. Not what Catan. Is yeah, I like you pretend it. you're Chris Catan. Uh, no, no, no. C A T A N. I believe okay. is how you spell it. And so uh, it's a, a board game, which is why I'm excluding Steve. Uh, no, it, it's. I've never played it, but my girlfriend loves it, and apparently my son likes it too. So she ordered it, and, and we're going to play it this weekend. I don't know anything about it. It looks complicated and um, a little daunting to me. But I'm I'm game. I'm going to give it a shot. I just didn't know if anybody else had ever. Played oh, that's it. a pretty bizarre no, looking board. Yeah, it's it's apparently really cool. It looks like a pizza. People that love it love it. Uh, but I don't know much about it, and I'm I'm curious about. It. I think there are I think there are some elements that are similar to like Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons, which I never played growing up. So I'm I have no idea what to expect with this one. Uh, here's a text came in. This is one I was thinking of as well. There's a game called Secret Hitler. I remember this a while back. And actually, Would you be my, my secret Hitler? My kids had played it. It's a, where he, he's a romance and he sends you love letters. There was a mustache in my locker. I'm someone's secret Hitler. Uh, no, it says it's similar to Casey's one night game. You sit around a table with a random roll and a lie and deceive and try to figure out who the fascists are. My dearest Helga! I'm sick about you every day in class. Would you be my secret Hitler? He's subtle. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you know what game I love? And I love it because there is always <laughs> arguing. Scattergories. I just, it's the best. And and so we I played it uh, with the D'Amico family this summer. And I said, hey, do you guys want to get into a giant argument tonight? <laughs> and they were like, what? I go, well, let's play Scattergories. And, and Chuck had never played before. Oh, no. And sure enough, man, did we bicker and argue. Yeah. And, like, as long as you don't take it, like, super-duper serious. Right. It's a fun You didn't threaten to swat it, did you? <laughs> no, it's a fun game during the pandemic, too, because you can play over Zoom. I, I played yes. with my uh, my family out in Colorado when they were there this summer, and so um, you can just roll the dice. It's a, it's like a 22-sided dice with all the different letters uh, of the alphabet, ex- excluding a few. But, yeah, it's great. I love oh, really? categories. Yeah, yeah. There's no Z or Q, I don't think. Maybe no oh. X. Um, but uh, Scatter Wars is great. Steve would hate it. <laughs> Wait, we're having someone who's uh, contradicting you here. Nick says, Katana is nothing like Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, hang on. Let, okay, me, then yeah, I was let me go to him. Hi, Dave. Good morning. 
Good morning. All right. Uh, Catan, yeah, it's nothing like Dungeons and Dragons, but what my point was that the book of instructions looks real complicated, but once you start playing, it's really easy. Does it and involve uh, fantasy elements? No, it's uh, oh. involved in trading and building empire kind of like thing, only okay. you, it makes you work with the other players as compared to competing with them. Ah, interesting. Right. Mm. Well, okay. we'll give it a shot this weekend, and I'll report back to you guys, because it looks interesting, Thanks, Dave. I, I just don't know much about All right. it. Dave! All right, anyway, uh, well, yeah, I was, I was curious about this Among Us, because my kids were kind of making a ruckus about it. And, and, and it's on and, fire, right? And they were having fun. They yeah. were, they were they, and, and I'm, I love that, because the three of them actually wanted to play together, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> don't ruin this moment. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, I, I just hear Parker go, hey, you guys mind if I play? I'm like, yes, let him play. Let him play. Let him play. <laughs> and they did. And they did were you there. grab Rochelle's hand and go running upstairs? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the main reason. <laughs> Honey, they're playing Among Us. Let's go. <laughs> play now. We're going to play another game, you and me. Called Grab the Dog. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway. All right, thanks for the calls. We appreciate it. Want to take a break? Come back in a moment. We'll get to the B-File with some stories, good ones from the weekend to share. So make sure you stay close. We'll be right back. Freshen up your look with a fall merch update at MMR's Rock Shop. Head to WMMR.com and grab the latest hoodie or winter hat. For all you Halloween heads, hit up aisle one for a flurry of ghostly face masks. They'll get you right in the spirit and work nicely if you're one of those this is my costume kind of people. Plus, gift cards, t-shirts, hats, and coffee mugs for a unique gift for that person who has everything. The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Everything that rocks your wardrobe and more. Let's dive into the Bizarre Fire. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Fire. Brought to you this morning by HERS. And HERS hasn't missed a good time in Philly since 1946. When it's time to celebrate the good times with nothing but the best company, you got to break out the HERS. We'll start with this. Police in the Czech Republic say they issued a warning to a man caught violating a curfew and attempting to disguise his actions by walking a stuffed toy dog on a leash. By taking it out for a drag? Yep. A news crew were uh, accompanying patrolling police officers when officers stopped a man caught walking in a public area after the 9 p.m. curfew, which was imposed amid the COVID-19 pandemic. The man initially claimed to be out walking his dog, an activity that is permitted after curfew hours. But police quickly determined the object at the end of his leash was a stuffed toy dog. The man then claimed that his walk was an artistic, practical joke. Oh! Released with a warning. I'm sure they make accommodations for artistic, practical jokes. Uh, the dog walker later said he does not regret his action. So I don't know if he was dragging it, Steve, or do you remember the old novelty? With the wheels? Leash. Well, not the wheels, but it, it, it is oh. like a rigid leash, and it looks like <laughs> right, right, right. it has an invisible dog that you're walking. What was, so. what was the dog? Digger the dog? Do you remember the Digger, digger the dog? You'd, no. you'd pull it, and I think it had it was a, a, like a spring in between oh. the two parts of the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe it was one of those. A Massachusetts man who was choking on his food was the cause of a head-on four-car crash on Interstate 495 early Friday that led to significant traffic delays, but no serious injury. That's amazing. Yeah. And the guy that was choking survived. So I think 
It, maybe it dislodges it dislodged food. Dislodged. Maybe some, so yeah. If you start choking and you're in traffic, beer into oncoming traffic. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Have a head on if you can. All uh, good. A 34-year-old man was driving a Jeep Grand Cher- Cherokee when he started choking on a piece of food, lost control of the car, crossed over the center median Jeez. on the highway, striking two other cars and damaging three. It's a complete nightmare. A 66-year-old man was driving a Ford Edge and was struck. He was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. The driver who choked on his food was also examined for precautionary reasons, but no life-threatening injuries were reported. He made the mistake you'd never make while driving. He had French onion soup with cheese. Oh. <laughs> and you know how it can get caught in your throat. Yeah. Yes, you get yeah. you know, it's like two feet long by right. the time it stretches out. Yeah. <laughs> Police believe a ten year old accidentally shot his grandmother after getting a gun in a western Pennsylvania church. Police say the boy obtained the weapon after breaking into a lockbox inside the Solid Rock Ministry Church in Uniontown on Thursday night. Police say the child began firing the weapon outside the church, and when the grandmother went to stop him, she was shot. Twice. You little bastard. It's a weird story. Yeah. Uh, she's expected to survive. No one else was injured, so I don't so know. What, there's a gun a in the lockbox of the church? I guess so. Huh. Yeah, and this kid got it out. It sounds like he was aggressive. She shot her twice. Oof. Doesn't sound like an accident, but who knows? Somebody's not going to get money for their report cards. <laughs> right. In a tiny Ohio town, uh, you could say a superhero came to life during a house fire on Halloween night. Uh, Jim Comer has been covering the area for the Daily Advocate newspaper for two years. He said, I've done quite a few articles on people who have gone in and saved people from or helped pull people out of houses. But on Halloween night and a full moon, it's very unique to someone in a superhero's costume just happened to be driving by. The man in costume was Chris Taylor. Steve, he was dressed as Homelander. Oh, wow. From The Boys. Oh, my God. The Boys, you know who Homelander is. So Homelander's the... The most horrific bastard, but maybe there's a better side to impress. Maybe. Uh, Taylor dressed up as Homelander for Halloween with his children and fiance. Uh, life then imitated art as they had to do a party. He said, we took the alley. First time ever. We pulled up Jesus. to the alley. And I look back. There's flames coming out of the house. And the whole upstairs was consumed. Flames were just pouring out. It was pretty gnarly. Without reservation, he ran inside the two-story home. He said, I yelled as loud as I can. Is anybody in there? Real loud. And I heard as if someone had gotten hit in the sternum. How you kind of sound like when you're losing your win. I heard a sound like moaning or a wispy sound. And he found the man upstairs, pulled him to safety. He said, there were flames around and just inches from me. My costume was getting hot. I felt like it was melting. I couldn't breathe. The smoke was real, real heavy. He said uh, firefighters and paramedics were there. Well, they weren't actually paramedics. There were people dressed as paramedics. Uh, When they got outside, Taylor and his family eventually (laughs) made it to the party. I don't know what to do. uh, He hasn't finished with the costume. He said, I feel like I should keep the costume so I can always remember that this is who you are. You're somebody who's going to help people if they need it. He may not know exactly what Homelander's story is. I know. I'm wondering. (laughs) Homelander Homelander kills people right and left. Not quite squeaky clean. Did you see Anthony Starr commented on it on Twitter? No, no. Yeah, he said this guy's a real hero. He gave him some love. And then uh, he's he's made a few different comments about being a prouder parent. And so it was cool. The the story made it all the the way to him. That's great. Anthony's the guy who plays Homelander on the show. That's very, very cool. (laughs) All right, and then one last story with so many licensed uh, owners, uh, gun acts with with so many licensed owners, gun accidents aren't unusual in the state of Texas. But having a person injured after their dog opens fire on them, that's a little more rare. A North Texas man is recovering after his four-legged friend shot his gun. The shooting happened 
when the unidentified man picked up his dog while wearing... I want bacon. ...while wearing a pistol tucked in his waistband. Oh, no. And maybe the dog was angry or very happy to see him. Either way, the dog's paw somehow got caught on the trigger and the pistol fired. (laughs) The bullet hit the owner in the thigh. The shot reportedly went... Uh, the bullet hit the owner in the thigh. The shot reportedly went straight through the leg and did not cause a lot of damage, and the owner will fully recover after that. There you go. That is what we have. It's supposed to keep your guns in the church. The bizarre file for you this morning. Okay. There's a fashion show coming up. Yes, there is. Uh, do we have uh, some sexy music? For oh, sure. Se- wait, you I'm want too sexy? Okay, okay. To be more specific, right. this actually pertains to the gentleman we're going to talk to. Uh, he's good looking, fine looking man. Absolutely, he's a statuesque and all the things you look for yes. in a male model. And uh, this event is coming up. It's going to be at a virtual event. Which listen, the majority of things are virtual these days. This is where we are right now. Uh, but it is tonight, 7 o'clock, and it's for a wonderful organization, Big Brothers and Big Sisters. Uh, so we want to welcome our friend, Mr. Marcus Allen. Yeah. To the show. Good morning, Marcus. Good morning, good morning. How you guys doing? We're wonderful. How you doing? How you looking, by the way, is more important. <laughs> we just talked about how good looking you are. I, I, I'm looking so good that in the age of Zoom, you got me on the phone. So <laughs> nice. So listen, Marcus, we've spoke to uh, a lot of people so far this year, and we ourselves haven't been involved in uh, virtual events, and they're not, you know, exactly what you want them to be, but... They're what we have, and people seem to be uh, responding to They them, are. You know? They are, yeah. So you normally do the fashion show where, you know, you got people walking down the runway and doing all this. What? Uh, how are things going to work out uh, tonight for the Big Brothers Big Sisters 7th Annual Fashion Touchdown? Well, we're, we're, we're really excited, uh, Steve. It, it has just been an amazing journey this year trying to figure out how to do an event where – it is dependent on people coming to the event and trying to raise money and awareness by this amazing mission. Um, and so the team and so many of our stakeholders, including yourself, have been so given so much great input for this event tonight. And, and most of uh, the credit, I have to say, goes to our littles who are going to be hosting the show tonight. We are so excited. In the past, like last year, we had about 1,200 people who came out to the event. And we're expecting even more eyeballs on this year's event. And I think it's, it's a worthy event uh, from a virtual perspective because not only are we going to be sharing our, our mission uh, through both Facebook, YouTube, and also this year Comcast is also uh, going to be uploading it to its X1 platform, but we're also going to be in different homes across our seven-county equipment. We are sending food to different sponsors who are sponsoring this event. So it'll be like a virtual hybrid event where people will be safe in their homes with their close friends and family uh, and, and, and using all the COVID restrictions to make sure they enjoy this event. And then for those of us who are not having parties at our house, they'll be able to, to watch it online. So uh, uh, we, we have talked, Marcus, this is Steve, we, we talked um, uh, quite a bit about this and the setup, and I, I got in touch with you uh, a couple of months ago just to see what we could do about ramping up our involvement because it's such a great organization. You were explaining to me, obviously, a lot of the stuff you guys do and excel at hasn't been able, as with so many other organizations, to occur during all, all of this. So you're, you're, you're getting stuff done and knowing when we come out of this, you can get back to doing the good that you do. But explain exactly for people who are unfamiliar uh, at this point 
what the mission statement is of Big Brothers and Big Sisters? Well, you know, just simply put, Steve, our, our mission is to uh, find caring, compassionate adults and have them matched and put them in the lives of kids who are in need at, at this moment. And as you know, in the many conversations you and I have had during this pandemic, is our kids and our families are suffering from social isolation, are suffering from, uh, particularly here in Philadelphia, being the poorest big city in America. Uh, we're suffering from three pandemics, right? We're suffering from both uh, the COVID-19, we're suffering from uh, racism, and we're suffering from the pandemic that continues to be really, really hard to get rid of, which is poverty. And so we are using all of our tools, our online tools, and also making sure that we are reaching out to people like yourselves, and we're going out and bringing food and, and support and PPE and all types of things that our families need in this moment so that they can survive and thrive uh, in a moment that this country, in which this country is suffering right now. And, uh, Marcus, who is uh, involved from the Eagles this year? Who's going to be uh, – who are the names that you got? So, first of all, I got to say this is the second year in a row that the Eagles organization itself is helping to support this event. I got to give a huge shout-out to Brian Patson, uh, VP of Marketing at the Eagles, and cheerleaders and Swoop and their pet band who's going to be a part of our pre-show uh, that starts at 6 o'clock tonight. Um, and then in terms of the Eagles, you guys are going to be just, just blown away by the conversation and how we changed it this year, where instead of the guys really walking in a fashion show, they're going to be sitting around kind of like, uh, I don't know Steve, if you saw LeBron James' uh, uh, barbershop on HBO, where they sit and they have these really intriguing conversations. So we have Rodney McLeod, Benny Curry, Miles Sanders, Rayvon LeBlanc, and Philadelphia's own Will Park, who, who sit and talk about the mission of Big Brother Sisters and also talk about how mentorship helps them in their own lives. And in and, and, and and addition to that, they give a splash of fashion, they give a splash of, you know, current events and all that stuff. But ultimately, they talk from the heart about what this mission has meant for them in their lives. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's, it's, it, there's uh, some prepackaged stuff. The whole presentation, as, as you were describing it to me, Marcus, is, is um, it, 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 it moves. It has a lot of pop to it. It's, it sounds like the best you can do, and I, which is pretty damn good, without doing the actual event that you do. So I think people can look forward to being entertained and obviously being being enlightened to this uh, to this really great thing that you do. And uh, special thanks because uh, I know uh, you know Xfinity came on board, and he just said they're going to get the. Um, they're going to uh, pump it on out to uh, to people who want to watch it that way. So uh, it's an amazing thing. And let me just say thanks to Ken Sedbury who helped broker a lot of what happened over uh, with Xfinity. So um, it, listen, it's not an optimum condition, but I think what you have here is really pretty amazing. Well, yeah, we we are very blessed with uh, partners like Ken Sedbury and so many others. But Steve, I got to give you a big shout out because. Just from you and I were having a conversation about something else we want to do in the future, which is going to be huge. Um, you said, hey, we've done this with Comcast before. You made one phone call. Like, we were, we as an organization, we have a great uh, uh, relationship with Comcast, and they've been amazing to us. But from that one phone call I had with you, within like an hour, you had us on the phone with Comcast reps. And within a day or two, we had this set up on their platform, on their X1 platform. So I got to give a huge shout out to you, Steve, and the President Steve team for helping us to make that happen and also continuing to support us and so many others. First of all, congratulations, too, on your Camp Out for Hunger campaign, which I think is the largest in the country. Yeah, yeah. Going to help so many families. So thank you, man. Thank you for all you can 
Well, you know, honestly, I, I just passed it on to people who are more competent than me. But but the the truth of the matter is, uh, it, it's it's going to be great. And and as Preston said, we've seen, like with our sister station and, and John DeBell and his push and everything and and other um, virtual events. You know what? People are in a mood to give, and they've yeah. they've seen a lot. They've seen a lot of the, the the struggling. And again, Big Brothers Big Sisters is as pure as you can get. It, besides, you know, outside of race, but outside of anything, what it does is it brings people together, and it gives that that uh, that uh, as you said, you have an older person guiding a younger person who needs the assistance, who may not have, uh, you know, uh, all the breaks that they should have, and it ends up in a wonderfully positive thing. So definitely make sure you check this out. Yep. Absolutely. And if I could just say two things, Steve, like you're absolutely right. We break barriers here because of the sister. It's not about being white or black. It's not about heterosexual, homosexual. Like we break barriers. We we care less about what you look like, your background, your culture. We only care about do you care about our kids and our families and can you help us move the ball forward? Uh, I guess that's a football analogy. And, and, then, <laughs> and then secondly, I have to give a shout out to some of our sponsors. Our presenting sponsor, the law, uh, Marone Law Firm, uh, Joe Marone has been amazing in supporting this event for the last four years. The Baxter Family Foundation, uh, Jim and Nancy are donating $20,000 for this, this actual event, and they're asking people to match the $20,000. In order to match the $20,000 gift, all you have to do is text FT2020 to 76278. That's text FT2020, FT is a fashion touchdown. 2020 to 76278. And then a big shout out again to Comcast and DC Universal. And a big shout out to the Higgins Group, who were, were the big sponsor for this event. Excellent. It's tonight at 7 o'clock, and you can go to first uh, fashiontouchdown.org uh, for the information and uh, and get on board. And all of this stuff is at uh, PressAndTheSteve.com. Yep. Um, every single detail that you need to know is, is on our website, so you can go there as well. Marcus, great to talk to you. Good luck with the event tonight, okay, man? Hey, man, I appreciate you guys. Go Eagles. All right, thank you. Marcus Allen, guys. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We are going to come back in just a moment. And uh, don't forget, we're also going to have uh, Michelle Wolf on, and we'll tell you some other things that are happening. Stay put. We'll be right back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or celebrating love, Steven Singer is there for you. I hate Stevensinger.com. It's always been Acme's goal to make sure that football fans have everything they need to cheer on the Eagles. And today, that goal is no different. No matter what game days look like this year, they'll be there to help you kick off, cheer from your favorite seat, and host like a pro with all the snacks, party trays, and game day foods you know and love. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We touched on this earlier in the entertainment report that uh, Alex Trebek had died, and uh, you know it was uh, it was a gut puncher. I saw that that uh, message pop up on my phone, like it has been for several other people, because now that's kind of how you find out about it. You see it, and you're just like, bang. Yeah, I just ah. I described it in, in the in the tweet. You know, I, I put out yesterday. We knew it was coming, and it was still that president. It was still a sucker punch. Well, he had been. Improving, he had seemed to be doing better. Seemed to be doing better, and and uh, so when that hit, it was like, wow, okay. Well, the goal but, was. I mean, you know, listen, he had stage four, stage pancreatic four pancreatic cancer. cancer. So the goal was to at least get as you know some some time 
which he did. Yeah. And and uh, but uh, yes, to see that happen, to see him be as the definition of courage and grace and uh, calm, dignity. dignity. I mean, he was that and then some. I mean, I can't imagine a better example of how to live your life and how to exit your life than what he displayed and his work ethic. I'd seen a special on him years ago, uh, actually about two years ago, uh, about his life, which is, you know, his 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 professional and and uh his home uh life in canada there's a whole side of him yeah. that that we're unaware of except for what we know here but he's an, was an incredibly accomplished guy yeah and he was saying you know uh in after the diagnosis and and as things were you know going up and down he's like look i i i'm good yeah don't worry about me I'm, right i'm all right i've lived a great life and i'm thankful for it and i'm not afraid of what's going to happen and uh so dude that's Class act all the way to the end. And that very approach is what made it so much more endearing for so many people and made people feel such an investment in in his health. And we knew it it was difficult at times. And we knew that, uh, you know, but again, I, you know, just a few days ago, I was sitting as we do every night. My wife and I watch Jeopardy. And, you know, we comment on Alex as if he's a family member and we say he's looking good. Alex didn't like that. You know, bet more. Alex likes it more when you bet a lot on the uh, uh, on the the final Jeopardy question. But, uh, yeah, it was it was just uh, sad to see that. But he had the situation, the family and and everyone was around. And and uh, now he's at least free of, of the pain, which apparently was, you know, starting to mount a bit more. Uh, Nick, who is this tweet? Is this just somebody? I don't know. I saw it this morning story? and it kind of touched me. So he tweeted, he said, one time I got invited to the National Geographic Gala in D.C. So obviously I said yes. After dinner, they started thanking donors. And uh, they named people who gave $1,000, then $10,000, then $100,000. And then a guy who gave a million dollars to the Geography Bee. And he stands up, and it was Alex Trebek. Oh, wow. A million dollars. Yeah, yeah. That. Wow, amazing. We have a couple clips to play. I thought it would be kind of nice. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to the one we played earlier. Okay. Which is this uh, contestant. It was just last week who um, was uh, very emotional. He, he won the, the round, uh, and uh, he was uh, Alex was asking him about... Uh, Saying something to uh, someone who, uh, you know, uh, a loved one at home, and he tells this story, and he was he was crying as he was saying it near the end. Any family members uh, back home uh, cheering you on? You know, here's a true story, man. Uh, I grew up, I learned English because of you. And so my grandfather, who, who raised me, I'm going to get tears right now. He, we used, I used to sit on his lap and watch you every day. So it's a pretty special moment for me. Thank you very much. Oh, man. Meet Alex. That mm. that clip and the clip where Drew, who was in one of the tournaments last year or the year before, um, just said, we love you, Alex. Uh, I put that up on my Instagram stories, and it gets me every time. And it, it's so pure, and it's so um, simple in its, in its um, message, but it hit Alex at the right way, the right time, and Alex got choked, he choked didn't up expect, about it. I don't think he expected to be no, caught that way. And, I think we have a case. We should have it in there from, from a while ago. And Drew has talked about it since, but it's just one of those moments where you... It floors me, and and Steve, I, I think of Alex as a family member. You yeah. know, you invited him into your home every single night, and uh, and it would you watch dinner while watching him, or after dinner, or whatever. And and then there would be nights where I wouldn't catch Jeopardy, and I a little part of me would be like, oh man, I kind of miss Jeopardy tonight. You know, yeah. we have the audio case. I think this. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. This is probably. It. Did you come up with the right one? No. What is? We love you, Alex. That's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. Costio. 
You're left with five months. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's awful, but it's it's sweet. It's, it's genuine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, no, it's I mean, so kind. And it's, it's, it's awful. Awfully it's, sad. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's yes. so representative. What a of disgusting display of human emotion. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now we're turning into a person. I know you didn't mean that. That's what we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved when he would crack up because he, he wasn't like a, you know, belly laugh type no. person. So when something <laughs> cracked him up, it was funny. I like when he cracked himself up. He was somebody, and he was just wonderful. They, we, we talked about a gentleman who had a, a, a speech impediment of sorts the other day, and, and Nick, you and I were watching uh, I'd seen that, that episode, and this guy was, you know, it was a little bit hard to understand what he was saying, but Alex, there was no you know, playing the game, and, and uh, the, the, the kindness you know, that Alex was showing him in particular was so great, but when he... <laughs> There was a time that there was a girl describing this nerd fiction thing that she was involved with, and uh, <laughs> Alex, Alex goes, there's a, um, words for your losers. Uh, <laughs> uh, somebody texted in, of course, in Preston Steve Fashion and said, do you think he banged Dan- Dan- <laughs> Vanna White? <laughs> now I'm wondering, you know, because there's porn for everything, right? Yeah. You think there's imposters of... A deep uh, fake? Uh, no, of uh, uh, the Eiffel Tower with uh, Alex Is and Pat. Pat Sajak? Oh uh, no, I don't, I don't think, think so. White. No, you don't think no. so? No. Oh, I challenge. I, guess, I challenge. think there, there probably is. All right, well, here's, here's some fun. Here's a fun one. Uh, this is uh, Alex uh, reciting uh, Lizzo lyrics. Yeah. Because sometimes uh, some of the clues, and especially if they were song lyrics, were pretty funny to hear Alex giving the uh, uh, the treatment to. Uh, lyrics for a thousand. Her new man on the Minnesota Vikings, Truth Hurts, needed something more exciting. Bum bum be dumb. Be dumb bum bay. Who is Lizzo? Yep, and I did it exactly like she does, didn't I? You you almost sounded like uh, Pierre Robert saying the bam bam badino, dino bam badino, bino badino, which we haven't heard that one in a while. Um, This is in an interview talking about, um, you know, whether he would uh, step away from the the work or not. Right. Here we go. wouldn't be right for me to walk away from this if I can possibly do it. And I managed to do it. So what's the big deal? There was a time where he was having a, a little bit of a hard time with it. And he, he talks about that yep. in one of the clips. Yeah, right, Here we go. And after it was over, he came to me and he said, Alex, you were right. There was a bulge in your stomach. This is the diagnosis when right. he received that. The size of a small fist. So, and that was the beginning of it all. There's nothing about that story that that is good. Uh, but then when they say pancreatic, that had to be... That caught my attention. That's a big fist. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I know about pancreatic cancer. And uh, I said, oh, I cursed a little. And then the, the big one was fourth, uh, stage four. Well, that just means it's spread to other places. So it's, it sounds impressive. I've got stage four cancer. <laughs> Okay, not stage one for sissies. That's just beginner's cancer. I've got advanced. Why are you making me laugh about it? Well, it was, what else are we going to do? Is that his wife? Uh-huh. No, the interviewer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that they can figure out a way to uh, to get an early detection on that thing, man, because well, so he's... many people, when they, when they find it, it's too late. It's too far gone, mm-hmm. and that's the big issue with pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer. It, yep. uh, it killed my ex-mother-in-law in less than a month from the time of the diagnosis <sighs> to the time that she passed, um, and uh, I'm really happy that Alex was able to 
fight for as long as he could to come back um, with grace and dignity after the diagnosis during a pandemic to continue to tape episodes this fall. And apparently we're going to have episodes through um, Christmas is what I read this morning that they taped as recently as uh, a week and a half ago. So um, uh, we will have, quote unquote, new episodes of Jeopardy until with Alex until uh, Christmas of this year. They made accommodations for the set. They separated the uh, the guests. I think everything has been working fabulously well. He's been on his game. And uh, yeah. Preston, the, to the, talking about the issues with dealing with the pain, there is another clip that explains what he was going through backstage. This got really bad. I was on the floor writhing in pain. It, it went to, f- <clears throat> I went from a three to an 11. And it happened three or four times that day while we were taping. So that was a little little rough on me. Were you able to excuse yourself and then go scream and writhe in pain privately? No, I taped the show and then I made it to the dressing room on one occasion, just barely, before I writhed in pain and cried in pain. I had 15 minutes before the next show, so I got myself together. And spasms of that kind usually last about 10 to 15 minutes. So, all right, here we go again. But uh, so I, I got through it, and the producers were very kind. They said, look, if you, if you don't want to do the show, we'll, we'll just cancel tape. I said, no, we're here. We're doing the shows. Yeah. Wow. And that's uh, how you, you know, because I have these, um, I've, I've always had these uh, intestinal things, uh, and, and they, they come in waves. So uh, it's been years and years and years, and I'll, I'll feel the first, like, little bit of it, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Here we go. And it, it's it's a cramp of sorts. It's my large intestine. And uh, and it'll happen, and then there's a pause, and then it happens again more intense, and there's right. a pause, and then it again. And I, I'm just like, all right, dude, for, like, the next 20 minutes. You can't do anything. We're checking out, yeah. yeah and it's got to be what he, but to and a much greater All degree that he was going through. But the, the ability to come back and, and perform. To do what they were doing, like I think on uh, the, the normal schedule is something like five shows in a day. Yeah. One more clip from him. He talks about a um, possible replacement. Mentioned to our producer not so long ago that the fellow who does play-by-play for the Los Angeles Kings, they should consider him. What about a woman? Um, There is an attorney. Laura Coates. She's African-American. And she appears on some of the uh, cable news shows from time to time. Huh, really? I've never... I didn't hear those things kicked around. I was unfamiliar with both. Obviously, the the heir apparent would be uh, Ken Jennings because he now co-produces the show as well. Um, I uh, I wonder if he plays better as a contestant than a host. Probably, you know, because you remember uh, when they did Rock and Roll Jeopardy on VH1. Yes. Jeff Probst was the host. Now, I liked Rock and Roll Jeopardy because of the subject matter. I thought Probst was a lame host on that yeah. show. Yeah. And, and I, you know, he really shines in Survivor. He's great on that. But it just, he didn't have that Trebek delivery, and it just kind of was like, mm, it's not the same show. I think what happens also is, if you watch the show that they did, uh, the one that Nick was referring to earlier when we were talking about this, um, you sh- they showed the um, the process, so Alex would take the uh, the questions, he'd sit with the writers, and they go through all the stuff, and, and you know, there's a voluminous amount of material per show, and then he would take the questions and, and go and make notations on them, or the, the clues, I should say, and um, check pronunciations. He was very fastidious about that. So, um, yeah, uh, and that yeah, you have to have someone who's going to be that committed to it and serves as that. I mean, he, as I said, 
you don't want to say someone's irreplaceable, but I can confidently say there's not going to be another Alex Trebek yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Marissa said, brought a note said the final episode will air on Christmas Day. Wow. So that's wow. when they're going to do that. Oh, there was a uh, Preston and Steve reference uh, on. Do we have that? Marissa had uh, played that earlier occasion. Yeah. Listen to this one here. And finally, Gadzooks, those three letters, G-A-D in quotation marks. They will appear in each correct response, sometimes at the beginning of the word, maybe not. Uh, so of course, was... I want to thank Preston and Steve, <laughs> who have been a constant guiding light in my career. I love it when the categories, when sometimes like that, like Gadzooks and J-D, yeah. when, where they have in parentheses, when they have things in parentheses, uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, now, one of the things I hate is coming in late to the show and you've missed as they've gone across the category. I hate that. Because you'll hear the contestant sometimes use an abbreviated, you know, I'll take science for, uh, you know, yeah. let's, let's do science for 200. And what we don't know is it's, you know, science of, of the arts or yeah. something like that. Yeah. There's a little detail left out. Or why science? These are scientific terms that begin with the letter Y. Right. And and, 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 uh, and if you miss exactly what the category yeah. is, it can be a, because sometimes it's a big clue as to what the answer is going to be. And sometimes you can see them completely forget the context of the clue, and you're like, you're way, you wasted, you wasted your question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Hang on a second. I want to go to this caller, because uh, we have something in common. Hey, Stephen, good morning. Hey, guys, you guys rock. Thank oh! you, Stephen. What's up, bud? Well, first off, I want to say I was totally crushed by this news. I watched that ABC special they did with them. Yes, and I was holding back tears the whole time. But um, what me and my family do, and we have a pretty good track record, is when they announce the final Jeopardy category, we guess the answer based on that alone without having heard the question. Yeah, that's uh, Casey and uh, Nick and I do the same thing. We text each other. Just one of us will text the category. And then we have to shoot an answer out before we actually know what the clue is. I love it. And and on <laughs> rare occasions, we've gotten it. I think it. I've gotten it one time. It's, it's a holy it grail. Well. Yeah. It's yeah. also, you can tell, if they do if they do things like um, literature. Yeah. Well, then, then yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. You but, just got to, what, whatever the first thing is, it pops in your head. But yeah. if they do, like, Russian literature, yeah. uh, or, check off. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. 16th century. Right, you know, right, They, yeah, they yeah. narrow it down a little right. bit. My record... My my record for it is seven. I've gotten it seven times. Wow, that's impressive. That's good. Okay. I mean, because my... Stephen, do you find also with the people, the the writers also, if you start to notice what the writers tend to favor when they provide the clues, you can kind of guide it that way, you know? Yeah, I I tend to notice that like they they go for the more vague things. Like if it's like they're I'm not going to go for like. Little Bear or like Eric Carle or something like that. They're going to go more vague. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it's easier to guess that way. It's rare that you find that they have a gimme, yeah. you know. Hey, Stephen, what is, yeah. uh, what is the uh, pre-answer that you are most proud of getting if you if your track record is seven? I, I guess the first, uh, the, 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 the second one that I got, they were doing... Um, oh, yeah, give us the category, see if I can get it. They were doing National Landmarks. Okay. And um, I just said the Eiffel Tower. Wow! Out of, out of nowhere, and okay. the question was something about uh, the nineteen, the eighteen something World's Fair about the Eiffel Tower being a temporary installment, and that was that was very exciting. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, 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 nice. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Would, of all the the contestants, um, Ken Jennings was amazing, but I, I have to say, 
when James Holzhauer, right? That's his yeah. was was on his streak. It was pretty wild to watch mm-hmm. him uh just just dominate. And then when they have the, the, the Troika, the three of them are actually uh, who's the other one from Philadelphia? Brad Rudder. Brad Rudder. So uh, they're all going to now do their, there's a show, a trivia show that they're all going to be a part of. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that last week. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but they, they essentially have one genius, one expert that you have right. to beat, essentially. Which kind of like ben, win Ben Stein's money. Remember that? Ben Stein yeah. I used to love, Jimmy was, Kimmel was, was the, the uh, guy you had to beat yeah. Uh, yeah, on yeah. the show. Yeah, I loved that show. Yeah. Um, uh, it's sad news. Uh, so we have a, a few shows left, and like I said, the last... Oh, stop it. <laughs> Jeopardy, uh, somebody pulled up Jeopardy porn on our screen here. Jeopardy porn videos on X-Hamster. Okay. <laughs> okay. What is no? <laughs> what is... What is... I'm curious. What is curious? maybe? What is... <laughs> what is... Maybe? Uh, what is... You know, you know, Ten lend, seconds. What lends itself more is... Wheel of Fortune, because yeah. it's a, like a daisy chain device, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about using the actual The actual wheel? board, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Do there you, uh, there were you... moments on Jeopardy where, and we've talked about this before, where the people were way too aggressive with the buzzer behind. I hated those bastards. Behind the uh, podium, so it looked kind of porno-like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And be... <laughs> oh, there was one guy that looked like he, he was, was spanking I've seen it a few times, and it's just like, uh, all right, you know you're on camera right now, and you know there's a podium in front of you, right? It's just, uh, <clears throat> it throws you off. Here's something I think they do. When they, uh, when they, when they pick a, uh, you know, the next category, and then Alex starts reading the clue, um, they will mute the contestants' microphones because in, in the past, years ago, I remember hearing somebody who was a big-time clicker, and you could hear him go click, 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 yes. click wow. on the sounder. And I think they've since uh, <clears throat> muted their microphone so you don't hear that. Because I'd be hitting it like crazy, well, you know? They did a couple modifications, Preston, when they were showing the earliest episodes during the uh, the pandemic, you know, at the beginning when they were running the, um, the, the classic episodes. They used to let them uh, answer before Alex finished the question. I see. I don't remember that. No and, kidding. And it was as annoying as could possibly yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, best uh, Jeopardy moments in pop culture. There is a legendary episode of Cheers where Cliff goes on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where three people have never been in my kitchen. That was Final Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> white men can't jump. Yeah. Uh, ground. Yeah. Yeah. Groundhog Day. What is like yeah. Titty Caca? Yeah. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of what any other lakes. Um, I mean, obviously on SNL quite a bit, and, and we talked earlier about Sean Connery passing. A week I forgot ago. about White Men Can't Jump because Rosie Perez's character yep. gets on Jeopardy and. Woody Harrelson was in that. Remi- That's right. Remi- yeah, Woody has so- two, two yeah. occasions. And the, the Simpsons has had a number, yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. true, too. And, of course, Saturday Night Live, episode after episode of that. Um, and Roots. Paintball. Roots. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I must have missed that part of the miniseries. <laughs> and then, of course, Paintball Geo Parody. <laughs> Oh, oh my okay. God! This, okay, this is a moment yes. in their pop culture and our pop culture legend. We did a game years ago, and for those of you who know the story, you know how this ends. But uh, <laughs> years and years ago, we were at Club Risque, and we had this idea to do a, a, a trivia game, a Jeopardy game, and so we had uh, three, <laughs> three contestants on stage and three in the audience. Now, the three in the audience had paintball guns. <laughs> And when you <laughs> when you thought you knew the answer to a question, instead of hitting a buzzer, you would shoot your friend with a paintball, and they would scream because they weren't wearing shirts, mm-hmm. and that would signal <laughs> that would be your buzzer signal. That's all it was. That's yeah, all it was. was. You were the buzzer signal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we had a guy who won it, 
and he was so excited about that that uh-huh. he eventually got a tattoo done <laughs> that said, uh, you know, Paintball uh, Jeopardy champion. Yeah. Hmm. Now, it's a great idea. Very cool. Permanent. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy that he was proud of that. Yes. So he goes to get his tattoo done, and he shows us the tattoo, and Jeopardy Jeopardy is spelled Geoparody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he loves it. And he Loves it. Do you remember he was parking cars at uh, Chickies and Pete's? Chickies and Pete's. Yeah, I want to say his name's Brad. And he fl- he's like, dude, it's me. And he pull- whips out his tattoo. <laughs> We're like, oh, man, how you doing? Paintball Geoparody. Paintball Geoparody. We should do that again. Oh, God. That was imagine? great. It yeah. was really great. Maybe we can convince them to go with that in the new year, the actual Jeopardy program. Yeah. Wait a minute. Somebody has another pop culture moment that we're forgetting about concerning Jeopardy. I'm going to go to Ken. Hey, Ken, good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy, what's up? I was reminded of the Weird Al song, I Lost on Jeopardy. (gasps) Yeah. Which is a playoff of Jeopardy from uh, Greg Kinn, yeah. Yeah, it's a classic. That is a good one. Oh, my God. I Lost on Jeopardy. Uh, Yeah, it's hilarious. Nice. All right, thanks, Ken. Appreciate thanks, that. Guys. Have a good day. All right, we'll see ya. We have video of Paintball Jeopardy. Wow, what yeah. year was this? Uh, looks like 1700s. I wasn't fat. <laughs> All right, I wasn't fat, so it was after I lost weight, so it was after 2005. It would have been, like, maybe 2007. Yeah, yeah, Marissa says 2007. Oh God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was 13 years ago. Oh, my God. And the people getting shot were, were blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> so they so, had no idea who was even coming. Yeah, they didn't know they were going to get shot. And then when they would, they had to scream. Oh, oh I, I mean, honestly, the crap we got away with. Wow. We protected them with jock straps. Well, of course. And I, they had face masks as well. <laughs> Did they? No, yeah. not those guys. They just had, they, all they well, had was just bandanas. Why were the no, shooters no, no. shirtless? Because they, then you, you, switch. Switch, you switch sides. Okay. That's right. You had to switch. It, it, Come the on, best Kathy. was his buddy. The one guy <laughs> shot his friend. We were like, all right, what's the answer? He's like, I don't know. I just wanted to shoot my friend. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, you guys want to talk to a former Jeopardy contestant? Yes. Yeah. All right. This is Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Wonderful, Ellen. When were you on Jeopardy? Uh, January of 2016. Oh, not that long ago. Okay. No. And how did you fare? Oh, I'm a member of the One and Done Club. Oh, okay. Oh, That's an honorable club. <laughs> um, so tell us about your experience and Alex and all that. Um, you What you basically see on TV is what you get. They tape an entire episode um, and... You basically, other than the the contestant interview, and at the end, that's it. Um, during breaks, he'll either be reviewing questions or answering questions from the audience. Um, and he was very gracious. Um, he did say to me, you know, I'm really sorry because I was bombing big time. Hmm. And he's like, I was rooting for you to pull through. And I just turned to him and I said, it's okay. I just was on freaking Jeopardy. Yeah. Um, did you make it to final Jeopardy or were you in the negative? Oh, no, no, no. I squeaked out to making it to Final Jeopardy, but um, no, it was like the worst double, Jeopard, je- double Jeopardy categories ever, and none of us got the Final Jeopardy answer. What, is the, what was the, uh, the question? 
The question was in Journey to the Center of the Earth by H.G. Wells. They <laughs> enter in a volcano in Reykjavik, and what volcano do they exit from on what island? And it was the island of Stromboli. Stromboli. Oh, I love Stromboli. I do too, man. Yeah. Pepperoni. I, yeah. Mm. Oh. Pinocchio's mm-hmm. pizza. Mm-hmm. The great part yeah. is when that uh, volcano erupts, it's cheese. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's, listen, I'm a Jules Verne fan. That would have been a tough one for me. Um, yep. Wow. Well, it, you know what? It, it's been a dream. I'd never, I'd, I would never even go and try out for it. I mean, I, I, I fare halfway decent on the show, but there's enough of it where I'm like just completely clueless to where it wouldn't make sense for me to do it. And, I know that I would cave under the pressure yeah. of of having to, you know, have the cameras in the audience and, and Alex and and all of that. Did that get into your head at all, being, you know, with the pressure and, and, and the competition and, and all the, the lights and cameras? Well, I'm going to say this. The show is a class act. All the all the crew is genuinely rooting for everybody to do their best. But when I answered my first question and screwed up and it was the most easy answer that kind of put me into a headspace yeah and the other thing that kind of pissed me off was is the um judges did not um did not agree with my pronunciation of suvlaki so they never heard of a philadelphia long a and i lost points on that sometimes they get pedantic about stuff like that There, there are certain rules like for example spelling um like in in the final jeopardy question spelling won't Count, like it, or in the first round, right. you can say if it's if it's Walt Whitman, you can say just Whitman. But yeah. I th- and then but then doesn't mod like in the second round you have to say the full name or in for final. No, jer- as long as no, you are allowed to say the last name. Um, if it's more like you have to get clarification. So if it's like Johnson, is it Lyndon Johnson right, or right. Andrew Johnson, something right. like that. Right. And as they said, you can spell out the answer. If you can't pronounce it and you can spell it, they would accept it. Okay. Hey, Ellen, do even though you didn't win, do you end up walking away with any money? Yeah, I walked away with $1,000. Everybody wins a prize. And a trip to L.A., right? Yeah, but you have to pay for that yourself. You oh. do. Okay, so right now it's a, it's a funny thing going on. Well, not funny. It's actually sort of a sad product of where we are, Ellen. But the uh, most of the players have been um, from the, the uh, L.A. area, California, uh, because that's the, where they're calling yeah. in because of travel restrictions. However, I would say... That uh, once it opens up again, we've we this area, and obviously you have generated some some uh, some great players that come out of this area, and they seem to favor the Northeast a lot. Well, what it is is well, Philadelphia. When you go in for your show in the morning, when you go in for your tape day, because you don't know if you're taping or not, you go there and you don't know your name is drawn. Um, so everybody goes in there knowing it. They may they may have just flown out to L.A. for a whole day to sit in an audience. Wow. And you don't know if you're going to tape or not. Wow. Um, so in the morning, they give you the whole thing. You get made up. You get the instruction. Then you go out and you tape what are known. You tape your promo. And for anybody from the Delaware Valley region, because Philadelphia loves Jeopardy so much, we had all of us from like South Jersey, the Delaware Valley area, had to film our very own special promo <laughs> for this market. Wow. Yeah, I remember the lady that beat uh, James Holzhauer eventually. She was from Paoli, Pennsylvania, which is where I grew up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What What was harder for you, the uh, Jeopardy itself or the tryout to get on Jeopardy? Oh, no, the tryout was great. I That was fantastic. What really surprised me was is I had auditioned in October of 2015, 
I got the call in November. And when they when you go and you audition, and it's a very easy process. You take a quiz, you do a practice round, and there's a five-minute interview. And then they tell you, don't do the online test for the next 18 months. You're put into the candidate pool for the next 18 months. Wow. And so, yeah, no, I auditioned in October. I got the call in November. Less than like a month later, I get this call saying, we're from a show from Jeopardy. Would you like to be on? And I was just like, holy crap. Yeah, Yeah. that's amazing. That's a great experience. It's a great experience. You got to be on with Alex. That's cool. That's something you can always carry with you. All right, Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for checking in. We appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, take care. You too. All right, well. Um, uh, great, uh, great man. Just yes. an amazing host. The, the best, the smoothest by far. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in just a moment. So stay with us. Uh, comedian Michelle Wolf will be next. She's going to be at Helium Comedy Club. We'll be right back. Be right back. All right. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger begins Monday, November 16th at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center complex. You heard correctly. The event is a little earlier than usual. This difficult year has made it even harder for area families staring food insecurity right in its face. Which makes the Camp Out Business Challenge more important than ever. Props to Subaru of America for leading the way, challenging other area companies to get involved. It's effective team building for your staff as they rally together to help fill abundance in their mission to drive hunger from our communities today and end hunger for good. For those who go the extra mile, there are prizes for the top three business challenge donations, including Preston and Steve broadcasting live from your place and for your staff. Go to WMMR.com for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Our next guest is appearing at Helium Comedy Club tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday. This is cool. Usually yeah. don't hear that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night uh, run. Well, but why the hell not? Why yeah. not buck the system? Maybe it's because she's from Pennsylvania. I don't know. <laughs> she Maybe knows the area. something to do with that. But uh, Or that she's really good friends with Tom Papanel. I don't know. Really <laughs> I'll, I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, please welcome the pride of Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Let's give it up for Michelle Wolf. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. How are you guys? Wonderful. Hey, how's Tom Papa doing? <laughs> Apparently, I called him a couple times this morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share the story. So uh, Meredith, our friend who uh, represents a lot of comedians in the area and helps out with helium and uh, had told Michelle she's going to be calling in the show this morning, gave her the number to call in. She accidentally gave her Tom Papa's oh, phone number. Oh. No, but it's all right. He lives in L.A., yeah. so. <laughs> Where it's only 6, 12 a.m. Hey, right morning, now. Good morning, Tom Papa. Are you now Philadelphia Radio? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're good friends with him, too, so yeah. all you would have had to do was said Preston and Steve, and it probably would have smoothed them over for you. All right, how you doing, Michelle? I'm good, you know. I'm excited to be going to Philadelphia. In the midst of all the, <laughs> the hoopla, <Pennsylvania. laughs> yeah, the national spotlight and all. Yeah, it's you, nice. It's nice for Philadelphia to kind of be in the spotlight for not something terrible. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a you know a, a guy eating horse crap in celebration of a of a national championship. This <laughs> Listen, time, that's so. that's the least that that actually looks like a glowing moment right now in retrospect. Uh, but you're 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 from Hershey, and I have to ask. Doing research on this, and we've always wondered. You did you attend Hershey High School? 
I did attend Hershey High School. Now, no, the, 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 from the outside, that would appear to be just Valhalla, to be at Hershey High School. Was it a good school? <laughs> it was a good school. I mean, we had fun. I mean, they're... they're it's Hershey. <laughs> yeah, like like yeah. We, we we just naturally assume because obviously it's you know the the sweetest place on earth and all the the obvious benefits of being that close to uh, what Chocolate World is as a uh, oh yeah yeah so all yeah, of that Her- but Hershey but, Park and Chocolate World yeah but but for for us on the outside it is everything we think it is. Yeah, I mean it smells like chocolate there. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I'm a bigger fan of you know the the Reese's factories there too, which I'm a. Oh. Fan. Yeah. All right. Well, how about how about I'm sorry to interrupt, but how about the 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 high school, the the Hershey High School versus the Milton Hershey School? Was there a uh, was there a rivalry there with that? A, there was quite a track rivalry. Now, and, uh, and you you were a kind of a track uh, a track star, right? I I like to think I was a little bit of a track star. Um, I had uh, we had quite the run when I was there. We mm. and uh, my senior year, we did beat Milton Hershey. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So take that, anyone <laughs> who cares about high school sports. <laughs> it's, it's all the rage these days. But I, doing some research on you, I didn't realize you were as athletic as you were. You, you do you do marathons, and you and you did something I never heard of. Uh, is there a, a an ultra marathon across the Bonneville Salt Flats? Yeah, it's um it's really insufferable. Uh, I like to run long distances that. Distance is anything technically anything longer than a marathon. This was a fifty mile race. A fifty mile uh, race. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, and we we tend to think of the Bonneville Salt Flats as as where they test the high velocity vehicles, and, and it's kind of oppressive. What what was the experience like? Uh, it was very bright. My. <laughs> <laughs> It was I remember the salt flats. I mean, it's like white, and with the sun shining, it was like. Uh, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's because it, also whenever you see them showing footage of the testing, you get that uh, that that the illusion of 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 uh, you know the oasis illusion of water and all that, the, the sun just beating off the uh, uh, the yeah. area there. But a, a fifty mile run uh, is that the one and only, or have you done others? Um, I've done the rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Which is, Wait, rim uh, to rim to rim. So you went north to south, back to north again. South to north to south. Oh my Jesus. god! How, How much time did that yeah. take? Um, I think the the one time we did it in sixteen hours. The other time we did it in eighteen hours. You're 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 like a machine. I had, I had no. I mean, I've been aware of you. I enjoy your your stuff, and I had no idea this was this near well, Marvel level superhero within you. <laughs> the thing that the thing that's frustrating about it is, I say I did it sixteen hours, eighteen hours, and then there's other people that run it in like eight hours. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, listen, I I'm I'm not uh, physically fit, but I I walked walked up Mount Washington, and I was having a hard time. And then this dude ran past me, and it was his second time up that day. And I was like, "You, oh, you effort, you mother." After that, you're like, "I'm proud of yourself." And then someone passes you, and you're like, "I am a piece of." out of it obviously i'm and i'm not talking like physically like mentally what what do you get out of it i mean honestly i the the first time i did the rim to rim to rim and that was the first kind of ultra thing i'd ever done it i got to this mental place that i was so i was so angry i wasn't finished yet 
that like I got to this like determination in my mind I've never gotten to before. And it was like, it was weird. Like it like opened up my brain in a way that I'd never, I'd never experienced. Yeah. I, 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 I can hear that because there are times. And, and so I, I, I enjoy hiking. I found the thing that, you know, um, I haven't done super long hikes, but I've done, you know, decent uh, hikes. And there is a point in any sort of physical endeavor where I think if you can get to that point where you're at the wall and you, you, you manage to make it through that wall, there is that, that sort of zen that comes to you on the other side. Is is that what you're you're talking about? Yeah, sort of. It was like, it, it just like, I don't know. I, 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 all I wanted was to finish. And it was this point in the, um, it was a point in the, the, the hike where it was in the middle between the two rims of the canyon. There's like a seven mile stretch between the two rims, which is also just like, reminds you how big the Grand Canyon is. <laughs> yeah. That there's, Seven miles in between the the two uh, the two rims, but there was one part. It reminded me of an old car racing video game, where like every turn you went around, it just was like it was repeating itself. It was just looked like you were seeing the same same scene over and over again. And I was so mad I wasn't done that like, <laughs> that I was just like I I my brain just kind of was like I it got me to this point where. I don't know. It, it sounds make me sound sort of like a murderer, but like, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. like, we get it. Like I have to finish. I can't. I I'm, I was so mad I wasn't done that I was like I got so determined to finish. So what is I don't on know your? If that even makes sense. It does. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. What's on your bucket list? What what haven't you done that you're dying to do? Um, there's a, I'd actually like to do a hundred mile. There's like a there's a couple hundred mile races that I'd like to do at some point that. Uh, you know, just to see if I can. That's the big thing with all these races. It's like I'd never done 50 miles before, so I did it just to see if I could do it. And a 100-mile one, I'd like to see if I can do that one too. There's a really cool documentary on, at least it was on Netflix, called it's something like uh, either Meant to be Broken or Made to be Broken, and it's this guy's uh, journey to break the record for running the Appalachian Trail. And and, um, I don't want to tell you if he if he did it or not, but I think the record was something like twenty eight days. Is anything like that on a list of yours? Uh, no, and honestly, I have no interest in doing any of the Appalachian Trail because it just seems so murdery. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think yeah, you're right. Nothing yeah. good happens yeah. in the Appalachian Trail. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's just too much. I think if you're going to find you, the person you're coming across in the Appalachian Trail is somebody you should be afraid of. You know, what's wild is that like like people like uh, Eddie Izzard just like kind of picked up the marathon running and then there was how many months was he doing a marathon race every day he did one every day for a month i think I mean, yeah he did one every day for a month i mean that's and to i guess some people have whatever that genetic well you you did you study kinesiology in school as yeah, well i was kinesiology which or if everyone doesn't know it's the study of how the body moves right so is there is there a case to be made that there are just some people where they just okay I'm going to do this and and they're just physically genetically predisposed I mean we, obviously we know people like LeBron James and people who have that that capability but people who may not on the outside appear to be exceptional athletes have that within them Yeah I mean I got to say I think like 90% of it's mental it's more a mental game than really? anything else Like I mean obviously you need your 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 body to be able to work and 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 your knees not to be able to, you know, give out. But uh, it's ninety percent mental. It's yeah, like just 
Bert Kreischer could do it, no problem. <laughs> yeah, like, but that's the thing. It's like Bert, that he's the kind of guy who could do something like that. Because he, he'll pick up and run like a marathon with almost little training, little no training. And it's just because he mentally can do it. He's a crazy, like, we're all a little bit crazy that way. <laughs> right, but that, that's what you're saying. So if it's, it, it literally, as, as, as hackneyed as it sounds, it is mind over matter. It is, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I you... think we should do a big comedy one at some point. Me and Bert. And... <laughs> yes. Like uh, in the Bonneville Salt Flats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go out there. We'll... Well, who else in your community is a, is a runner like that? There's another comic, Brooks Whelan. I don't know if he's ever come through town. He, yeah, he, he just picked up. He picked up and did a marathon. His friend dared him to do it one day, mm-hmm. and so he just picked up and ran a marathon one day with no training. Um, <laughs> he was fine, and then like two days later, he was like, "I can't move my knees." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all have those where we think, "Yeah, I can do this," and and then you don't realize you should not have done that a day and a half later. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, there's a lot of there's a lot of like. I mean, I'm sure Rogan could do something like that. He's yeah. like a mentally tough kind of guy. Um, but, you know, I I think it'd be a fun thing. We can all just jump on a, uh, a large swath of land and just see how far we can go. Yeah. Go. Hey, Michelle, are you in a relationship with anybody? <laughs> are you, why are you asking? <laughs> because I'm curious about people who do something to this level and whether or not that person has to be involved in that activity or not or... You know, do you go do your own thing, or do you look for somebody who's into that same type of thing? You look for someone who can put up with that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, because that's a lot, <laughs> exactly. man. Exactly. You, when you're training yeah. and doing all that stuff, and it's a lot. It's time-consuming. Yeah, it's the, same, it's the same with, like, stand-up, you know, where it's like you look you look for someone who can deal with the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, again, that, that's that's sailing's advice, too, because a lot of times you think, well, I, I, I need to find someone who wants to do exactly what I want to do all the time. You actually need to have someone who I think it's worked for me. My wife is into her things. And, and you know, that, that it's at the point when you realize I don't have to go to the string fair or, or you know, or, or whatever. And she doesn't want to go do what I'm, I'm doing. And, and you're honest to say, OK, you we have our separate things. That's how it'll work, because the things you're involved in are time consuming. Exactly. That, that's that's to me. That's all it is. It's just someone finding someone who you can easily say, "Hey, uh, I respect the thing you do. I have absolutely no interest in doing it with you. Good luck. I'll see you next weekend." <laughs> right. You, looking at your at your uh, the stuff. So you, we said that you went to school for kinesiology. You you were a uh, you you were in uh, with J P Morgan Bear Stearns Mutual Funds for for a couple mm-hmm. of years, and then so so you had all these things, and then. When did the switch flick for stand-up comedy and, and improv comedy? Well, I so I started at um, Bear Stearns in the summer of 2007, which if you remember anything about those couple years, <laughs> I do. A, a perfect time to work in China. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the cruise industry just before the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, Bear Stearns collapsed in March of 2008. It was the first bank to fail. Um, it was just the right size to fail, apparently. Right. Uh, and I, uh, I started doing, I signed up for an improv class around March of 2008, around the exact same time the bank was failing. And, um, I just, I took my first improv class and I just wanted to do more and more of that. So I signed up for more improv. And then eventually around 2011, I started stand up because I think it was, the, uh, the improv people's nice way of saying I don't work well with others. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go try stand-up? I think, oh, well, though, 
Cause, cause, Try cause, something you don't need a partner for. <laughs> right. The one thing I, I like, I did stand up for for a while and, and did the improv stuff, and I think the improv does. Um, did it, do you find that the improvisational stuff did help you as a writer? Oh, for sure. Like it, it helps me on stage to this day. Right. Um, and it's uh, and it's really what like, I was never a performer before I did improv. Um, I was always just a, an athlete and a, and, and a nerd. So right. uh, that actually like helped me learn how to perform, too, I, how yeah. to be on stage, how to be in front of people. That makes sense because a lot of times, when, and I've said this to people, even even the top, you know, the, and, and I know you were in the uh, the Upright uh, Citizens Brigade, and if you talk you know, any of the um, the, the, the classic uh, groups, it's you're you're basically saying it as you write it. You know, it's it's the same sort of everything is kind of works the same way and you're getting that response. And, and the, the little known secret of a lot of improv groups is that when they go to an audience and say, ask them to yell out things, a lot of times it's the same things that get yelled out. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you have pre-prepared stuff that's always ready to go, but, but it, it it's cool. So when you, when you started doing stand up and you were the, the captain of your own ship, um, you know, uh, did, did you take to it immediately? Did you notice a, 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 a massive difference? Yeah, I actually, like, as, as soon as I started, I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, I could feel it almost immediately. And and how much longer before you ended up on the radar of, like, uh, Trevor Noah and uh, Seth Meyers? I started stand-up in 2011, and then I um I, I started working at Seth on, in 2014. So, That's and, pretty... and in that time, in 2011, I, it, I joined Twitter in 2012, and I must have tweeted hundreds of jokes. Uh, and thousands of jokes. Like I, I would work on. That's what I would do all day at work. I right. would just read the news and I tweet topical jokes. And I'm sure they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have been that bad. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I, I, I guess they got better, you know. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I think there was like a solid year where I was just turning out um, complete garbage. But um, eventually, you know, they got better, and, and that's kind of how I got on the radar. Um, a little bit for Seth. Well, you know, it, it used to be, I remember it's kind of a discussion when, when social media was, and Twitter specifically, uh, comedians would start to do that and material would start to end up out on, on Twitter. And then you see a, a lot of comedians uh, sort of pulled back from that, uh, you know, just sort of like, well, do I, do I want to be um, telegraphing potential act material yeah. this way? Did you have that moment? Well, Twitter, Twitter used to be really fun. You know, like it was, it was just. A <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Like we talked yeah. about this. My there used to be an innocuous, benign, you know, community yeah. bulletin board. My cat is lost, sort of stuff. And now it's it's hell on earth. Yeah, now it's like you tweet something, and everyone's like, "How dare you say that?" <laughs> and you're like, oh, "Oh, all right. I was I was here for fun. I don't know why you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do a, a, a great bit about about uh, a, a reference to an otter. You're a fan uh, fan of otters, as as am I. <laughs> I. I think they're well, just adorable. But you're you're so right. They're, no matter, and we said it on the show, right? You know, you can say the most benign thing. You could post a a, a video of Snuggles, the fabric softener bear. And the third comment down, we'll be calling you a Nazi. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, I, I, in my last special, it was like, I talked about this. I have this otter rape joke. Um, and, <laughs> and it's, it's very funny. It is. But then I was, uh, some lady tweeted out, she goes, I got so offended. Um, I had to turn off Michelle Wolf's special because she starts with a rape joke. And I just correct her and I go, an otter rape joke. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a difference. It's very, very different. <laughs> right, right. It, it does happen in nature periodic. Are, are you still an otter fan, though, even though you've learned this dark side of otters? Oh, it made me like otters more, you think? <laughs> <laughs> nice. They are, they are actually pretty... Um, like they can get pretty cantankerous, though. They, they yes. like you, you always very think territorial. Yeah, they're on their, they're floating on their backs, and they have the shell, and they're doing the rock and the whole thing. But yeah, they can be really pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like to lure you in with their cuteness. They're like, oh, look, I'm just floating around, opening up a clam. They'll, they'll kill you. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, you, any friends uh, in the Philadelphia area that you're going to see while you're here? Oh yeah, I hope so. Actually, I got, I got a, you know, because I'm from Hershey, I got a bunch of people from high school that. Um, are in the Philly area now, so hopefully I get to catch up with some of those guys. And uh, this is my um, this is my first week that I've been on the road, um, kind of since March. Oh wow! So well, it's I, cool uh, you're here. Spent, yeah, I spent the whole summer with uh, Dave Chappelle at his. Uh, he had this kind of summer camp uh, where we all performed in a cornfield for <laughs> I think it was like fifty seven shows in Ohio. In Ohio, yeah. What did you so, think about his stuff on SNL over the weekend? I thought it was pretty um, pretty brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. He's, uh, every time I think he's like done the best thing he could do, he, he does something better. He's really like, uh, comedically too, you just, you look at it and you're like, wow, I have so much work to do. <laughs> well, the thing with Chappelle is, is that, and like with his last Netflix or a couple of them, no, no one gets away. And I love when, when the audience will think, okay, he's gone. This is the one side that he's taken. And then he'll roll over and start going for, you know, he starts taking the separate groups and everyone gets theirs. And that actually is sort of a leveling thing. And everyone relaxes with with, yeah. with that approach, which I think is, you know, that's he's probably state of the art when it comes to that. I have to ask you, you know, and I saw it up on your, your Twitter page because you're from Hershey and I know you raised the question. Sheets or Wawa? Ooh. I don't think there's any competition. It's Wawa. Okay. Yes! Oh, thank God. Thank you God. just endeared you yourself to the She knows her audience. Yeah. 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 people were even like sheets. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't even... <laughs> you still got tickets to sell in Philly this weekend? <laughs> She's a smart woman. She is. Nice. Right. I'm a big Wawa fan. I can't wait to go. Uh, <laughs> done. Yeah, You're going to cater your whole Thanksgiving dinner. Gobblers out, man. Yep. All right. Well, listen, Michelle, we hope you have uh, a great time while you're in town. Just want to remind the audience that uh, there are shows tonight and Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, see, tonight is a 715 show, and then Tuesday and Wednesday are 715 and 930 shows, and you can get the tickets at heliumcomedy.com. Hopefully, next time, we will see you sitting here in our studio with us, okay? Would love to, and, and we'll bring Tom Papa. Yes, <laughs> please. Bring him in along. He's a good friend. All right. It's great to talk to you, Michelle. Take care. Michelle Wolf, guys. Yeah. Bye-bye. We'll see you later. Um, so, you know what you guys were talking about, uh, uh, she had mentioned the Appalachian Trail and, uh, and that it can be, you know, it seems a little too murdery for her. Yeah. And you guys hike a lot. Yeah. Uh, when you come across a stranger from time to time. Oh yeah. Aren't you like, uh, it, it almost makes me realize that the walking dead is not too far off yeah. from how people <laughs> encountering strangers encountering each other. How it might actually be because I'm immediately suspect. I'm like, what are they doing out here? Well, uh, I always you want anything from me, you know. You're exactly right. You but can't then I, have my bottle of water. I always realize how I how you look, look. yeah, and yeah, then with I think, your machete what? in hand. Oh, yeah. What? And I did. I, I used to hike with a machete in some trails. 
how I'm the one. Like, like you know, at yeah, the end of the uh, uh, I Am Legend, I'm the monster now. Yeah. And uh, But, yes, you do, especially when you're out in, in rural, uh, very, you know, rem- remote areas. Yeah, out uh, in the woods. Yeah, yeah. and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll posture a little bit as, I'm, hey, how are you? I, I, eye contact and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because stuff could go down. It's, it's, if, now, if you're in a really... I'm in this general area, but if you were in like some like Nick and, and Casey, some of the places you've been to, you know that your body wouldn't be discovered for quite a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I always feel like I have like eyes in the back of my head, like I watch them for a really, really long time, and I keep turning my head around. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no one, honestly, no one ever loses from from making sure that they know your you've your yeah. uh, your radar's up. You know, well, that's what like you know the the difference of being a man on a trail and a woman on a trail, like. I don't tell I don't, me about it. I yeah. don't feel the same threats probably as not probably. I don't feel the same threats as as a woman on a trail. Like you right. know, if I'm riding my bike or whatever on on the Schuylkill River Trail. But do you like being whistled at? I do. Right. <laughs> <It's a matter. laughs> so what, when you see Casey on his bike, ladies, yes, uh, when you see Casey yeah. and guys too, yeah, yeah. please <laughs> throw a little wolf. <laughs> Little wolf whistle at Casey. Ooh, I'm a fish fan too. <laughs> no, I know if, if Rochelle is going to go out and and I remember for a while she was talking about doing some uh, you know going out on the trails and and uh, getting some exercise while I being here at work and I'm like, please bring some mace or something with you because you just don't know or a yeah. medieval mace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Morning star. Yeah. I had a scary experience on the Schuylkill Trail and um, I, it was both me and Jace and this guy passed us and it was just it was a bizarre encounter. He was very creepy <laughs> <laughs> and he kept turning around watching us uh, where we were going and we were on a portion of the trail and it's just it's just a short um, spot but like nobody was there. Yeah. yeah. There's no offshoot. There was nowhere else to go. It's problematic. And, and then the dude went, ended up going off of the trail and like down into the Eey. wooded area. I know and I was like where is he going? And like I, there was a woman coming in the opposite direction. Like I alerted her because I'm like, listen, just so you know, somebody went down into that wooded area. So if you pass by and like he jumps up, you know, just kind of no, there was <laughs> look a, around. There was a guy on the Wissahickon Trail who was living on. There was a, a rock outcropping, and he had set up like oh, a yeah. home in there. Okay, and I, you know, you feel bad, but also you don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Right, you want to send somebody in to right. take a look and so. I, I mean, I had dinner with him, but <laughs> you ever, this is good beans? squirrel. This is really good squirrel. Uh, yeah. Do you ever think? How do you like your bat, Rusty? <laughs> Crispy. Yeah. Do you ever think that um, the person? Um, that you might think is creepy actually just recognizes you and is taking... No, s- okay. Nah, it, it was different than that. But not necessarily on the trail. I'm not talking about that yeah. specific incident. In Target. It's, yeah, like in Target <laughs> or whatever. Like somebody's following you down the aisle and it's like, hey, that's Kathy Romano. Or it's, hey, it's Kathy Romano. <laughs> nah, this was like completely different. The, okay. It just was... It was the way the guy was dressed. It was the way he looked at us, the way he said something to us. It was... Yeah, it wasn't a precedent, Steve. Well, thing. you hear about mall walkers all the time and that's what... You know, well... Yeah. Well, A, it's climate controlled, and B, yeah. it's, you know, you're... Your great savings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit safer. Right. And there's a Sparrows. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, because uh, one time we were out at Evansburg, and it was uh, uh, winter. We decided to go out for a winter hike, which right. you don't really find people out on the trail. And we've been walking for a while, all of a sudden we came across somebody, I'm like, ugh. I don't know why. My instincts. And I'm with my kids, too. So my, you know, my parental. You ever eat pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, mean, yes, I guess. Yes, yeah. we, we, we've had them. 
I thought so. I knew you looked like a pancake. Pancake eater. Why don't you take them pancake eating lips and get out of here? Pancake eater! Pancake eater trying to make a snowman! Um, I like the fact the guy shared a squirrel with you, man. <laughs> I guess I should have bought dinner for him, but it looks good. My <laughs> wife and I, well, we were walking down. Oh, it wasn't the Schuylkill River Trail, but it, we were walking. I guess it was West River Drive. And then at a certain point, and I think they've redone it, but we were just having a nice walk. And then all of a sudden, we weren't like... In a nice area anymore, and it was like that part of the forest. Yeah, it was like all like graffiti and dicey and, squirrels. Wait, where, yeah. where was this? Chipmunks are smoking. We were walking. It was West River Drive, and then we ended up going past the. We were walking towards the city, and so we were past the um, the art museum. Right, and then. I mean, it just changed all of, like... No, I know. And you know what's so funny, Case? I don't ever feel comfortable on West River Drive as I do on Kelly Drive. Yeah. And not even because there's more people. It's just, I don't know. There's something about the other side. I'm like, I can't really? walk there. Well, yes. you're, you're sandwiched. You're sandwiched. It would be harder... <laughs> It'd be harder to get the attention of someone. There's no real reason, yeah. I don't think. It's just like, for me, I get creeped out. By myself on the other side, so I stay to Kelly Drive if I ever go running or biking or anything. I, okay. I've never <laughs> gone and walked him, but I always like the look of yeah, West River Drive a little nice. bit better. Interesting. Yeah, it's just where okay. the murderers are. Speaking <laughs> of the, the, seeing the graffiti and stuff, man, I, and I, remember, I hate seeing graffiti on natural. It just, it's, uh, it's, 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 you're defacing. On, on, it's the horrible. Ex, on the expressway uh, towards Conchock and Curve, they had, they had done some work on the side. They had put up like this uh, uh, fencing to keep you know rocks yeah, and yeah. stuff from falling down, debris, and they had just cleaned the area out. And somebody went up there and spray painted on the side of those rocks. And I was like, man, it's a couple of years later now. It's faded a little bit, but it's yeah. still. I think eventually it's going to come off. But what but if they just, right wrote, before you get to the blue route? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know exactly I hate, what we're talking about. I hate seeing that. But what if it said Pud? Would you be okay with that? Mm, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Pud's pretty fun word. Maybe. <laughs> Female Joe Pesci, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. All right, anyhow, just thought I'd mention that. Listen, we should break because we got some things coming up. Uh, we have another run at the Bizarre File. I want to remind you we have a new Word of the Week prize, 20-pack of uh, digital movies to give away. So we will do that at the end of the program. And we are on the edge of the Camp for Hunger. Ladies and gentlemen, it is one week from today. That is it. We start broadcasting live one week from, from today. I have a little bit of the details right here, but you can get all the information that you need at PrestonAndSteve.com. We will be right back. Hit up the WMMR.com contest page for your chance to win the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Homegate Kickoff Prize Pack, including a $100 Primo Hoagies gift card, a four-pack of custom pint glasses, a case of Bud Light Platinum, and more. All delivered personally by members of the Preston and Steve Show. WMMR.com. Everything that rocks. All right, some bizarre file stories for you. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Sponsored by Lorenzo and Sons Pizza, legendary Philadelphia staple that has been family-owned and operated since 1970. And you can visit LorenzosWestchester.com to learn more. Uh, we'll begin with this. Several residents at the old Raleigh apartment complex are waking up to empty gas tanks and a little something left behind. Jessica Rivera said that someone has stolen gas from her truck three times in the past week and a half. 
She said the thief keeps leaving a few acorns behind. Ah. So we think it's a squirrel. Rivera has been trying to catch the thief for over a week. She said, I got in the truck and it was completely empty. Three-fourths of a tank, gone. Hmm. Uh, She added that several neighbors, including the maintenance guy, have also seen the same thing. She said, any car that has a gas tank that you can pull open, they were open. (laughs) I can't pay for it, but here's some acorns. Uh, The gas was gone. And three acorns were left behind. She said, I feel like the reason with the why the acorns were there is to let their partners know that they've already emptied that car. Ah, uh, see, I wouldn't even think about that. Me either. She said uh, that she doesn't think it's I something. I thought it was like a barter system. At the apartment complex, but uh, that it could be at the same time. Uh, to find some comfort, she said that she's even installed cameras in her apartment. Why not one kumquat? Uh, other people around the, the Old Ridge, the Old Raleigh apartment complex said that it is strange, but they've seen gas tank doors open in the morning, so it's happening oh. regularly. It's kind of weird. A family had an unexpected guest for Halloween when a Phoenix man walked into their home and helped himself to some pizza. Uh, Marlon Juan is charged with one count of burglary. It was at 4.15 a.m. Police officers responded to a call at the home. The homeowners told officers he and his son had returned home to find Juan sitting at their kitchen table eating a pizza that the this family pizza is just right that the family had purchased. Well, he had the need, the need to eat pizza. <laughs> Juan had allegedly walked into the home through the front door, and according to a police probable cause, what am I talking about? I am talking about the need to eat pizza. And uh, he was intoxicated. Other family members were asleep at the home. This cat really knows how to play <laughs> guitar. He's drunk. He's babbling. Uh, officers... That's the latest news. Let's get on to the latest rock. The latest rock. <laughs> officers uh, took one into custody. Those are the best tasting little morsels I have ever had in my life. And uh, booked him into the county jail, by the way. <laughs> Uh, a, a woman is being treated preemptively for possible exposure to rabies after she fended off a coyote with the help of her donkey. Possibly came into contact with its saliva during two incidents on the same day last week. Attack, donkey, attack! Uh, the woman told officials she fought the animal off with a pitchfork and that he bit her boot before it was kicked by her donkey. She notified Animal Control. The victim said the coyote attacked her later in the same day while she was driving in her car near her home and that she attempted to hit the animal, but it ran off. Uh, The victim notified neighbors who allegedly also encountered a coyote exhibiting similarly aggressive behavior. So she had her pitchfork. Uh, yeah, the woman said that they uh, they came over to her property, eventually located the coyote, and shot and killed it. I keep a pitchfork in my purse for just such an occurrence. Uh, the animal control officer disposed of the carcass with no rabies testing recommended. Mm. Uh, the victim said <laughs> although she was not bitten or scratched, she had possible exposure to the coyote. <laughs> That's all right. It's a, yeah, saliva <laughs> yeah. while fighting it off. It's kind of crazy. I'll give you that. But uh, no need to check for rabies. So she's actually undergoing post-exposure rabies treatments as a precaution. Yeah. She's going to get that done. Well, did it sound like this? <laughs> it is not at all uncommon for donkeys, by the way, to defend themselves in that way. Llamas behave in the same way, which is why people keep them penned with their livestock sometimes. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. 
Hey, by the way, do they still give you shots in your stomach for rabies? Because oh, yes. as a kid, yeah. that's what I was terrified of. I'm I believe like, that's the case. If I ever got rabies, mm-hmm. then they have to give me shots in my stomach. They like, I couldn't even wrap my mind around that. The only time they won't do that is if you've been protected by a donkey. Then it's an arm shot. Uh, the rabies vaccine has not been given in the stomach since the 1980s. Really? Yeah, I thought so. they. I thought that's something they were still doing. So no. where, where where do they give it? Uh, it said for adults. In your eye. If you go, go back to... Uh, there you um, go, right here. Let's see. Uh, it should be given in the deltoid muscle, the upper arm. So up here, your shoulder. There you go. Standard yeah. stuff. Yep. Well, how about that? We're living in great days. Much better. An arson suspect caught themselves on fire after breaking into an RV resort, investigators said. Uh, they're asking for the public's help in identifying the suspect who set, <laughs> set the office of the Lake Norman RV resort on fire after breaking into the business. Such a stupid arsonist. The suspect was uh, dressed in black pants, black hoodie with a hood pulled over the head, and a white face mask. Uh, the suspect was carrying a... That sounds like uh, the... The Burge. Or... or um, Hello, Sydney. It sounds like a oh, scream. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was. And uh, the suspect was uh, carrying a pry bar and a red gas can. Surveillance video shows the suspect breaking into the office and then dousing the office with accelerant. The video shows an explosion oh, as soon as the suspect ignited the accelerant. Yo, and, you yep. can see the footage. The place goes up, Preston, like a bomb. In fact, it was so bright, the fire... That the camera became, look, if you see it, becomes white. You can't yeah. even see anything. It washed out. Well, he caught on fire. Moments later, the suspect was seen running from the business with flames engulfing his feet <laughs> and a bag of money that reportedly took from the inside of the business. Jesus. Detectives believe the suspect suffered burns after this incident. Sydney, so, drive me to the hospital. <laughs> so they are looking for him. All right, we have time for one more, and then we will wrap it up. Let's end with uh, this one. Wildlife officials in South Carolina are asking boaters to keep their eyes peeled for an invasive species of jellyfish that can grow to beach ball size and are big enough to damage boats and fishing equipment. A report last week of a huge jellyfish in Murrett's Inlet about 25 miles south of Myrtle Beach was reported. Chris Collins said that he and his wife Carrie were enjoying an evening cruise in their boat when they saw a jellyfish in a creek uh, that's a good distance away from the ocean. He said, I thought it was maybe a sea turtle or a large stingray. So we turned around to get a better look. And once we saw it, it was a jellyfish that we were not familiar with. We wanted to get some pictures to share to see if anyone could help identify it. This sounds like a Portuguese man of war in a creek. It's way bigger than a Portuguese man of war. Uh, the couple had never seen a jellyfish like that. So they posted the pictures on Facebook and then sent them to the, um, the Department of Natural Resources for Identification. Uh, They identified it as an Australian spotted jellyfish. Um, They said they can be a danger to fishing gear and boats because of their size and volume of jellyfish that occur in blooms. And they can also get stuck in boats' water intake lines and put a strain on fishing nets when they get scooped up. So, yeah. So are they as deadly as other jellyfish? It doesn't indicate that. They're just really big and they can damage, um, you know, uh, equipment uh, with their size. So... And that's what I have on the Bizarre File for you. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. We have something to give away. It's a chance for you to uh, win uh, via your knowledge of today's program. And it involves Metallica, which is pretty cool. So we'll be back in a moment with that. Stay with us. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. If you're ready for love and ready to get engaged, visit Steven Singer Jewelers. He makes buying an engagement ring easy online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
You know what? I wanted to go through something real quick because we didn't get a chance. We had to wrap up when we were talking about um, uh, Alex Trebek passing away. And uh, Nick had asked uh, best Jeopardy pop culture moments. And uh, Marissa brought in a list of all the things that Jeopardy's been mentioned in. Right. Or played a part of other shows. Because we had mentioned Saturday Night Live, obviously. Yeah. Groundhog Day. And Cheers. Few, yeah, we're, we're Jeopardy. And so there's a couple Roots. here you guys may not remember. Uh, and some of them are just references, like uh, Die Hard. There's a part I remember. It's not written here, but I think right. it's where he goes, eh, sorry, Hans, wrong answer. But maybe you'd like to stick around for Double Jeopardy where the scores can really change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Hans says, I think I'd like to do that. <laughs> um, Men in Black, I don't remember that. Uh, Rain Man, it's one of the shows that Raymond... Watched all right. the time. Yep. So they showed clips of Jeopardy. Uh, let's see. Homeless to Harvard. I don't know. The Liz Murray Show. Charlie's Angels. One of the contestants. I think it was... A sh- um, it had to be Kate Jackson. No, 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 no. The oh. movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh. I think I think it was um, Cameron Diaz. They showed her on the set of Jeopardy. Uh, you know, because they did a lot of really quick yes, right. cuts yeah, of, their, yeah. of their lives and what they were doing. And I think she was on Jeopardy at one point. Uh, the Education of Max Bickford. I don't know that. The Bucket List I knew because Morgan Freeman is a trivia buff. And I'd so like to appear on Jeopardy. He's sitting in the uh, the bathtub uh, answering questions. Uh, and then it says, Groundhog Day, Predator 2. You got yes. me. Well, I, they acknowledged the line at the Academy Awards when it won Best Picture that year. A Predator 2. <laughs> what would be the scene? Oh, God. I don't know. I actually yeah. like Predator too. They that, might, it might, it may not have been in the show. Somebody may did have the Predator mentioned say it, it. Uh, because also <laughs> <laughs> I'll take potent potables for twenty. <laughs> uh, Breaking Bad. You guys um, remember that? I'm no, I'm watching no. it now. I don't um, remember right now. Yeah, well, right, yes, as a matter of fact. And wait what are you a minute. guys talking about? I'm watching Breaking Bad right now. Here's another Connery connection, because Sean Connery died last week. Alex Trebek dies this week. And, of course, they had the long-standing run on Saturday Night Live. Right. Finding Forrester. That's right, dog. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> Who's the dog man now, dog boy? I guess uh, it was mentioned at one point in the movie. I've only seen that movie once. That's enough. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's okay. That's how I felt about Predator 2, to be honest. They were looking. I actually like Predator 2 better than Fighting Forrester. (laughs) We had already mentioned Family Guy, The Simpsons, Cheers, uh, but we didn't mention Orange is the New Black. Um, White Man Can't Jump, we had already mentioned that one. The Golden Girls. Gunsmoke. Apparently. uh, Dorothy auditioned for Jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. People were texting that in earlier. Okay. Groundhog Day, obviously. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, so those are a few of the references. Just thought Little House I, I, on I the Prairie. I didn't want the Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, the Jeopardy reference. That's a My little... name's Jebediah Trebek. Wow. <laughs> You're a fur trapper from Canada. <laughs> All right. Uh, just I wanted to get those out there before our show was up today. All right, I'm going to do today's lesson question. We are going to give away a stream code for the Metallica Helping Hands concert and auction. Uh, streaming live beginning Saturday at 5 p.m. It's our first ever worldwide pay-per-view event that's taking place. You'll get to do that. Uh, let's see. What are we going to do? I, I got to ask this. Who did Casey meet up with on his recent trip to Austin? <laughs> when he was in Austin, Texas, who did uh, Casey, this made-up person, who did he meet with? 
215-263-WMMR. You had to have been listening to know the answer, and we're going to find out if you were indeed when you call in, and we'll do the trash while you're calling. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by your local Deets and Watson Real Philly Delis. They are open for takeout. Taste four generations of family recipes made with love. And show your support for local business. RealPhillyDeli.com. Deeds and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Duck Dynasty Sadie Robertson and her husband using a gender reveal party to announce they're expecting a baby girl. In a video posted online, Sadie blows the head off of a duck and pink blood squirts out. Whoa! <laughs> Bachelorette Cra- uh, Claire Crawley, that's a mouthful, revealing the exact moment she fell in love with Dale Moss while filming The Bachelorette. Crowley says fireworks went off and Moss planted a deep kiss on her right after she had tossed a salad. Oh, wow. <laughs> and finally, wow. appearing on the Quarantined with Bruce podcast, Matthew Broderick revealing the secret to his 32-year marriage with Sarah Jessica Parker. Broderick said it comes down to two simple words, sugar cubes. All right, let's see if somebody knows the answer to this. Uh, what was the name of the guy that met, Casey met up with on his trip to Austin? 215-263-WMMR. I will go to Paul to see if he knows. Hey, Paul, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, Paul. All right, who did Casey meet up with in Austin? Is it Gumbo Pete? Gumbo Pete. Yeah! You got it, buddy. Hang on a second, Paul. We're going to give you that code uh, from Talaga Helping Hands concert, and it's uh, tomorrow, live, 5 p.m. I'm sorry, Saturday, live, 5 p.m. Band's first ever worldwide pay-per-view event. This special acoustic show benefits Band's foundation all within my hands. Ticket packages now on sale now are on sale now. Including an auction with some awesome items. 100% of the money raised goes to help someone in need. And tickets and information are available at Metallica.com slash AWMH. One grand prize winner this week gets upgraded to VIP, including presence on virtual fan wall for one song and event t-shirt by artist Wolf Skull Jack. Wolf Skull Jack? And, yeah, he knows Gumbo Pete. Yeah. And a download of the show and more. So we'll have that all week to give away. Let's do that. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! I had three testicles. And it is brought to you this morning by AutopartsExpert.com. Hard to find brand name parts available same day. The Foo Fighters appeared on Saturday Night Live, and they had debuted their new song, Shame, Shame. We played it earlier this morning. Really cool. Um, they they kind of departed from their standard straight-ahead rock sound. Very cool tune. Still rock, but just, yeah. but uh, adventurous. Uh, the song was also made available on streaming services on Saturday. Shame, Shame is one of the nine songs on Foo Fighters' upcoming album called Medicine, to Mi- Medicine at Midnight. Uh, it's due out on February 5th. It is their 10th album. Uh, they've been teasing that they would be having new music on social media, and I have the track listing. So the songs on it are Making a Fire, followed by Shame, Shame, Cloud Spotter, Waiting on a War, Medicine at Midnight, No Son of Mine, Holding Poison, Chasing Birds, and Love Dies Young. No Pud Puncher? No. We'll have to wait until uh, February to hear it all. So, cool tune and new music from Foo Fighters. A new studio album from Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators has already been confirmed, but Kennedy is sharing some new details. I have uh, some new details. Yeah, Kennedy was saying while the project is planned for a 2021 release, 
Uh, he said, due to the state of things, as far as getting that material out, we're just going to have to wait and see. He said, we've been working on a, on new material off and on for years, really. And I mean, since we did the last run, which was, geez, how long has it been now? I don't even remember. Everything is just kind of running together. Uh, the new project will follow up uh, slash featuring Miles Kennedy and Conspirators 2018 project, Living the Dream. I was seeing an article um, pop up, and I, I, I meant to explore it more deeply, but about the sales of, um, they were saying that overall, like a lot of the pop artist sales have been declining pretty dramatically. Did you see that article pop up? No, I missed it. Like Sam Smith's most recent album had like 21,000, like like a ridiculously low amount of sales, and they're trying to figure out what what the issue is. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll look, see if I can find it more. Okay. Or find it and read it more. Uh, not find it more. Let Once me see I if I can found find it, it that will have completed the task. <laughs> I don't think I found this enough. No, but could you please find I'm that? Some find more? it a little bit more. Mm. Uh, the first ever virtual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony was broadcast on HBO on Saturday night, marking the first time the Rock Hall has inducted its members online in lieu of actual performances. Each inductee was saluted by a primary inductor, a montage of vintage footage with testimonies filling in their story by spotlighting their career and artistic highlights. I forgot that was happening. I might have preferred that way. Well, I watched the Doobie Brothers segment. How was it? It was nice. Uh, The only thing missing was the performance, which I really enjoy that they do. So what was good about it is they were pre-recorded acceptance speeches. Right, so they could handle the... They could get... They, yeah. could, they could do exactly what they want and and which meant I, I think it was a little more... Um, Concise. Yep. It's exactly the word. Uh, but it, it was really cool. And their... Their, their vintage, their montage of footage and, so and good, right? the storytellings, God, I just... Man, were they a great... They are a great band. I mean, they're still together. Uh, but their their vocals and the, the complexity of the music and the, and the the catchiness is just something else, man. And, just and they're the, they're an American treasure. The fact that they've had different people migrate through and, and still manage to keep you know the sound is yeah. great. The Rock Hall class includes the Doobie Brothers, T Rex, Whitney Houston, Depeche Mode, Nine Inch Nails, and Notorious B.I.G. Uh, John Landau, Bruce Springsteen's manager and producer, and along with uh, uh, Mogul and Eagles manager Irving Azoff. Uh, both received the Ahmed Erdogan Award. The annual In Memoriam section featured an expanded tribute uh, to the late Eddie Van Halen. In fact, uh, they did a special uh, tribute to him, and it had testimonials from icons such as Slash, Kirk Hammett, Tom Morello. Morello underscored the importance of Van Halen's technique and his importance of the framework for every player that he uh, came of age in his wake. He said uh, Eddie Van Halen was... The Mozart of our generation, he had the kind of talent that maybe comes along once in a century. Eddie Van Halen inspired me to practice 20,000 hours to try to get 100 miles of his mastery of the electric guitar. So they they took some time to make sure that Eddie got his due. Among those appearing as well were such heavyweights as Ringo Starr, Dave Grohl, Bruce Springsteen, Jackson Brown, Don Henley, Alicia Keys, Chris Martin, Luke Bryan, Sean Diddy Combs, Charlize Theron, Judd Apatow, Lin-Manuel Miranda... Brad Paisley, St. Vincent, and Gwen Stefani. So it's it's out there now. If you want to see it, 
Uh, and you have HBO. You you can check it out. How was Michael McDonald? He was outstanding. He was quite an honor. Well, he doesn't talk like that, oh. but uh, he he was wonderful. He's such a humble guy, and he just goes on to say that being a Doobie brother was one of the greatest experiences of his life. It just really was. And they show clips of him singing. What a you know yeah yeah some of the words yeah. are kind of hard to hear, but the soulfulness in his voice is just amazing. They were at um, Camden. Uh, three or four years ago, and they played as a part of that Journey show, uh, the Doobies, I mean, and they stole the show. They were much better, in my opinion, than than Journey was. Uh, they were supposed to tour this year with Michael McDonald, That's and right. I was definitely going to go and see that yeah. uh, because he he was not with them on the tour that I saw a few years back. Uh, hopefully, they rescheduled that because I'd love to see him again live, and I'd love to see Michael McDonald be a part of that band. I yep. saw them, Preston, one year. So Michael McDonald was on the New York Rock and Soul Review, the Donald yeah. Fagan. Oh, yeah. Out, I remember that. So is Donald Fagan. Uh, Boz Skaggs, oh, Walter wow. Becker had joined, Phoebe Snow, um, you know, this all this sort of L.A., you know, rock. It was just, it was a great show. Super talented people. Yeah, I saw them years ago with my friend Roger and uh, Fred. We call them Rerun. By and, the way, uh, yeah, it is. It's featured prominently. Is it really in, in the I montage? They they, <laughs> they 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 show some of the episode and they happened? talk about the fact that they were on What's Happened. It's <laughs> pretty. Hilarious. It's pretty badass. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in uh, music news for you. Let's take a break and come back and get that first letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize. And Brent Porsche is in for Pierre Robert, so we will chat with him. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance. It's the week before Thanksgiving. Starting Monday, November 16th, the gang will be camping out for an entire week at Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. The dates aren't the only thing different about this year. The show will still go on inside the Beanbow Bakery's USA broadcast tent. But we can't have a studio audience. We're emphasizing cash donations this year, both online at WMMR.com and at your local Acme Market at the checkout register. Non-perishable food donations can be accepted on site via our trunk-to-truck drive through drop-off. Fueled by Pepsi. Camp Out is not possible without the generosity of you and our partners. Comcast Spectacore and the Philadelphia Flyers, Whitehorse RV Center, Cinch Propane Home Delivery, TRG Mid-Atlantic, Xfinity from Comcast, and Mayfair Fence. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Ready to wrap up to uh, today's program. Enjoyable day today. Had some good guests. Want to remind you about Mr. Marcus Allen, who got in touch with us, and the Big Brothers Big Sisters 7th Annual Fashion Touchdown fundraising event is happening uh, tonight. A bunch of your favorite Eagles players will be involved in this. It's a little bit different. It's virtual, but it's going to be a little bit more in-depth, too, as he was saying, rather than just walking the, the runway. We're going to be talking about some stuff. So you get a, a couple extra yeah. perks because of, of the situation. I, I've, I've, uh, he's described to me what they have laid out. I think it's going to be a blast. Uh, it's going to be live streamed on Facebook, YouTube, and on the Comcast X1 platform. And if you need details, you can go to PrestonSteve.com. we got them right there. Also, thank you to Michelle Wolf, who was yeah. on the show today. Um, Michelle's great. Hershey native, performing at uh, Helium Comedy Club. And wisely chose Wawa over Sheets. That is right. Tonight, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Two shows on Tuesday and Wednesday, by the way. And you can go to heliumcomedy.com to get those tickets. Look, everybody, it's Brent Porsche. Good morning, my pebbles. How you doing, dude? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing wonderful. Excellent. So you're in for Pierre? I week? am, yeah. Okay. I was Jackie last week, and I'm Pierre this week. Two of the biggest characters here at the station. <laughs> Do you have a hard time bouncing around with those hours? It's my body. It's my it's my internal it's workings that is uh, 
that gets screwed up. You know, my sleep schedule, my yeah. bathroom schedule, my eating schedule, my everything schedule is usually screwed up because I'm just kind of all over the place. But, I, yeah. I, it'd be hard. Just to, We were talking earlier about just the simple adjustment over the weekend on Saturday. I was running around, and I'm like, God, I'm so behind just because the day seemed later. Yeah. And it, I mean, you know, but it was... It does throw you off, and it's like you get a little depressed. Like I'm, I'm so behind. And it's no, everything's fine. It's just it throws you to the thing, that weird thing, and you dealing with these massive time shifts. I'm used to tough. having Mondays off. That's the yeah. thing. When everybody's bumming that it's Sunday night, and I got to go to work tomorrow. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is like my Saturday, baby. Yeah. So yeah. it's weird for me to work on Mondays. All right. Well, you got stuff to do. One of them is to give us a letter. Yes. All right. Here we go. Kristen and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. The letter B as in Brent's here. All right. And we're starting <laughs> off the week with that. We have five all together. And we're going to give away as a prize a 20-pack of digital movies and TV show seasons, including... 300, Beetlejuice, The Goonies, Full Metal Jacket, Batwoman Season 1, and The Flash Season 6. Those are just a few. If you want the complete list, you can go to contests at WMMR.com, and you can get them there. So we'll give that away on Friday. Got some good stuff in store? Yeah, on the program today, we're doing a workforce block at 6 a.m. just because. Uh, we're doing a workforce block of Van Halen because why the hell not? So you yep. have your Van Halen shirt on, as do I. Yep, uh, and he's, uh, you've got the one. I almost ordered that one. I got, I got this through the same thing, the EVH website, and it's just great. It's a great shirt. It just says really big, Eddie Van Halen. And 5150 in the bottom is a really cool shirt. The day that he passed, I, I found out when I woke up in the afternoon, I instantly went to Van Halen's website and I bought like almost everything up there. I bought like, yeah. a really cool vest. I got all of his guitar picks. I got a couple shirts. I got some pins. So all that kind of so stuff. So you're selling it uh, on the park. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no, no. That, yeah, of course. Uh, you're moved like uh, an event like that. You want to just sure. you want to own stuff that connects you to him. And literally the next day, everything was gone from yeah. the website. Everybody got everything. Wow. Yeah. No yeah. So right. one more workforce block. Shine down because Zach Meyer's birthday was over the weekend. All right. Very yeah. good. All right. Well, hang in there for Mr. Porsche. I want to thank our sponsors. Preston Steve Show brought to you today by hers, Philly's favorite chip. Since 1946, also brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Tomorrow's program. Hey, we're talking to Eric Bazilian awesome. of uh, the Hooters. Uh, calling us from Sweden again? Yes, sir, yeah. We spoke to him, like, at the start of, uh, of the lockdown and everything, and uh, but he's got new music coming out. Yeah. Eric's always a great com- uh, conversationalist. He's uh, Outside of the music, he's just he's an easy guy to talk to. I mean, to. his Swedish accent is thick, but you can yeah. understand what he's saying. You'll understand. Yeah. Uh, so we'll spend some time with him tomorrow. That's it. We are done. Rage on. So have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. <laughs> The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Matt, turn on WMMR. Who gives a f- how loud it is? Just f- turn it on. Turn it on, Matt. Turn it on. Next message. Dude, I just f- tried out some chicken noodle soup and a pepper, and it's f- Amazing! Next message. Oh, I was wrong. Don't eat the soup out of the pepper. It goes right through you. Oh, the Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less. <laughs>